listening to the UK and the world's favorite wrestling podcast, RTM Wrestling with your hosts, Andy and Emma. Chin chin. Best sound in the world, that. Jack on the rocks. No, I'm <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm absolutely knackered. I'm knackered. And, um, yeah, it's been one of those weeks. And I, and the thing is, is I know after this what I've got to do. And it's just like... I know, after the podcast. Do you know when you just can't be fucked? Like, if yeah. any, like, you know, anybody out there is, you know, works or studies or whatever it is you do... And you, you, you know, you're looking forward to doing something all day that's fun, but you know after that fun thing, it's got to be a whole lot of not fun. Before we shouldn't, we shouldn't have sat and binge watched Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is a great show, but we there's a reason. There's a reason why we sat and binged it yesterday and today, and it's because one, it's a good show, and two, we don't want to do anything that isn't fun on the weekend. Like I yeah. feel really if. I, like I don't have to, but I, I should do to kind of get ahead. And I, I feel really aggrieved about doing anything at the weekend because it's going to be my time to catch up on wrestling. It's got like there's loads of stuff that I've you know I'm going to be doing with my weekends now. And like I've watched, you know, we'll get into the watch stuff after um, after the the question I threw out to the old Twitter. But yeah, I just I always, even if I'm like roted in to work on a Saturday or something, I just feel really like pissy about it because I just don't think anybody should have to work on a Saturday. Agree. Unless you're in a, like a service industry, like a bar or a restaurant, and then those people should be compensated accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking hella hella books. Hella like, books, and they should be given two days off in a row. And not these little shitty piecemeal days off that you get that are dead separate from each other. Well, you get like a Wednesday and a Sunday off. Yeah, just yeah, bullshit, bullshit days where well, you're just like, well, what's the point? Can't even catch up on my sleep. You might as well not fucking bother. But yeah, I, I'm feeling alright. I'm, you know, I'll, we'll go into what we've watched in a bit. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm okay. How are you? How I'm alright. Same thing. Did nothing that I was supposed to do today. That's a bit of boring, bit of housework, bit of washing. Didn't do it. Need to. Nah. And we're, look, we're, we're staring down the barrel of having just a few hours, and I've got to cram it all in. Nah, don't be daft. Well, there's nothing, there's, there's no, you know, we're not short on clothes, are we, fuck's sake? It's not like, mm. you, you know, we've got a t-shirt between us. True, yeah. Although you wouldn't think so with the t-shirts I'm wearing at the moment. I'm just wearing all we're yours. the same things. Hmm. Well, it's because I've got about 40,000 t-shirts. I know, and I do love them. I like I to go back through help. the hits yeah. in the pile, you see. Yeah, sometimes it's good to wear new ones, but sometimes you just gotta just got to wear the hits. Pulled out really? a list of Jericho one the other day I was going to wear. A list of Jericho yeah, t-shirts, yeah. wow. Yeah, that I blue one. That, d- I yeah. doubt I can fit in that fucking it's thing It's tiny, anymore. that's why I didn't wear yeah. it. I wanted a roomy top for the gym. And I was like, that ain't roomy enough, I need to cover no. my bum. I, I my used to wear bum. that t-shirt. Just putting it out there. Used to wear that fucking t-shirt. And what did you used to say? Say I was a fat shit. And now I can't even. Now I can't even get in it. So. Fair Babe, dues. we've all been there. We've all been there. All this been is there. news to nobody. Um, but you all right though? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little bit overwhelmed at what I want to do with the rest of the day. But I really want to enjoy this podcast. I don't want to race. Yeah. And well, this is the thing because because I've put because of t- time constraints and all that kind of shit. 
I've only put two things on the old subject. Mm-hmm. I had five, three of them were not interested. Are you interested, guys, whether Samoa Joe's actually injured? No, I don't think you are. So it, it's, it's one of them. It is what it is, this show. I think I've been a little bit like, um, what's the word, like a bit unorganised this weekend. Whereas, you know, I could have, I did put a couple of hours into it, but, you know, with the tweets and, because mm. I think majority of it is going to be like the tweets and like, I, I have a reserve question just in case. Um, we would do it. we're half an hour in and we're like, what? Um, so yeah, so not too much, but yeah, let's get let's get the fuck going, shall we? Let's do it. Let's take a little drink here, you know. Wash my mouth. I out. love these pauses. It's not a pause if you talk. <laughs> no, I mean both of us. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to RTM Wrestling. This is episode one seven nine. Can you believe it? 179th. I actually, just as an interesting side side thing, I went back and looked at the YouTube, mm. uh, the old YouTube, for any of you OGs out there, remember that we used to do stuff on YouTube as well, um, and went through the shows to see if I could get an actual number. I can't. Oh no! It wasn't. Yeah, I I was gonna do YouTube. I didn't. I did Spotify and like SoundCloud. But it only goes to a certain. Yeah, some yeah. of them, but we're well over like three hundred and fifty. Shit. Okay. Three hundred. So so we're more like three hundred and fiftieth episode or something like yeah. that. Um, but the actual podcast one seven nine. So hope you're all well. Hope you're all safe. Hope you're all enjoyed your week of wrestling, and obviously because we've all got lives outside of wrestling. I uh, hope you all enjoyed your weeks outside of wrestling as well. We are RTM Wrestling, at RTM Wrestling on Twitter. If you've never spoke to us before, we we basically read out everything you send us within reason. Uh, you know, dick emojis or whatever. It's an emoji, I can't read it out. I can describe it, but I won't. Um, so come and join us. A load of people have today. We've had probably one of the best responses we've had in a very long time, uh, which is great. So I hope you're all well. Hope you're all just enjoying life. Just enjoying life. Just enjoying your life. No need guys. to plug where you get the podcast for. Why is that? Say it with me, everyone. Because you're listening to it. So you already know. You already know. So thanks very much. Greatly appreciated. Now, Gem. Yes. Hello. First, first point of call. I, for some reason, last night, I had the urge to put a tweet out, and I don't know why. I, re- I really don't know, but since then I've seen about five other like wrestling like news sites saying the same thing. So maybe I saw one of these, maybe I didn't, but who fucking knows. But I basically tweeted out, what's your earliest wrestling memory? Earliest. So not best, not what's your favourite match, favourite champion, all that kind of shit. Earliest memory. So I've got mine. Okay. And this will give you a bit of time because I've kind of sprung this on you. Sure. Bit of time to think of your earliest memory. So, some of these, I'll do mine first as well, mm-hmm. which will give you a bit, a bit more time. Uh, so, up first, we've got Axel underscore JMO has replied with a gif of just Vince pulling the the hood back, going, It's me, Austin! <laughs> She's fucking amazing. Uh, at Chris Oryx31 put 3.16am. If I weren't so tired, Chris, I would have laughed at that. But fair dues. But he goes on to say, when I was about six, I didn't know what it was, but I saw and bought a Hulk Hogan figure, Hulk Hogan action figure, and to this day I've got no idea what came over me. I don't know either. But I was a big wrestling figure guy at the time. 
I had um, if anybody knows what <laughs> what like it's probably like a baby bath or something like that. Um, but I'm gonna call it a B day because B day is funnier. If you don't oh, know, there was what... ones in bathrooms, the bum washers. Yeah, but it wasn't in the bathroom. But it was it was shaped like a B day. But okay. it was like a baby bath. So you'd fill it up. You put a baby in it. Right. Okay. You know, you're in your living room. So an actual baby bath. Yeah, but I'm gonna call it a B day because it's funnier. Okay. Okay. If you don't know what a BDA is, go and go and Google it. Jem said correctly, it is a bum washer. Yes. So I had this massive baby bash, ba- bash. Ba- <laughs> the big ba- baby the bash. The baby bash. <laughs> those toddlers had butting each other. Um, but I had a massive like baby bath full of wrestling figures, and some of them were real, some of them were the real figures. The majority of them were the fake ones, and you know, you know what I'm talking about with the fake ones, where it's like. You know, it looks like Randy Savage, but he's called Muscle Man, and his shades are a little bit different colour, and he's, yeah, you know what I mean? And I think he says, <laughs> no, I can't even think, I'm so tired. I was trying to come up with something different for, ooh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you just saw it as an action figure, Chris, and like all kids at the age of six, you don't have a fucking clue what's going on. You know what's going on in the world? You just see something and you want it. That's the that's the whole reason why toy shops want you to walk around with your kid. Because you're going to pick up some shit or you're going to have a crying kid. So there you go. So Hayden, who's at HJJ92 underscore, put watching the triple cage on WCW. Uh, where I think Nash and others walked out the cage all holding pieces of the World Heavyweight title. I think he had a, a little look at it. Um, on the old network, and it was, and they didn't bring the uh, the the actual. I don't think they did the belt thing. But yeah, September fourth, two thousand Nitro. It was. Uh, they didn't hold a piece of the belt, but Russo and Jarrett counted down from three for Nash to win the belt. Now I've never seen this shit, and I didn't know what what you were on about, Aiden. So I had to Google it, which I did say. So, imagine a cage, right? Yes. A hell in the cell. Which has a smaller Hell in the Cell on top of it. And then has another smaller Hell in the Cell on top of it. So it looks like a pyramid. Yeah. That was this triple cage shit. That's it looks crazy. like the most dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, Sounds it. But it looked, it looked cool. Okay. It looked cool. So maybe they should uh, carry that on. Uh, at JGEFC, who's Evertonian Jamie, put Kane doing an interview masked. If you were a kid at that time. Sure, there was a bit of shit in them britches. Because I, I, I never really was scared by Kane, but I knew a lot of people that were, hmm. like a lot of mates and kids that were like, "Oh my god, Kane scares me! Fire comes out of the ring and all this kind of shit." But I, I, I don't know why. I know it's not me, like, you know, trying to be cool or anything. I'm not, you know, <laughs> trying to sound out. Trying to sound like it. Yeah, I think of shit. Think of shit. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think. I think it's because Kane was like one that I wanted to cheer for. Mm. So like, I don't ever, ever remember being scared by a wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like it was just me, they were just they were just really watch it like. they were just badasses that beat the shit out of people. It wasn't like even when I thought it was real, you know, you're talking way way back. Mm. They didn't scare me. I think maybe the most scared I've ever been was like Undertaker. With the corporate ministry shit when he was going after Steph, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's actually going to go and kill <laughs> Steph." 
And she's there gacking away like no, I'm joking. Obviously, she fucking. Well. She, oh, I bet she did. I bet she, she fucking did. It's the only way she was getting put on that Undertaker cross with a nose full of gack. <laughs> uh, up next, we got at. Am I doing it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not. So oh, I don't give a fuck. Uh, she's got bigger things to worry about. Um, at who trans Superman uh, sent us a gif of a wrestling game which was WWF Superstars. It looks cool. The crowd looked cool. But it's such, you know, you know, them back in the day ones where it's just like a flat ring and, you know, you can only go four directions. Oh, great. Them, them were the days. Them were the days. Uh, at FC Banter 2, who's put, who's True Blue 1878, who's an Everton fan, uh, has put Giant Haystacks versus, uh, Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy at a local show. Also said at the show, Big Daddy put him on his shoulders. It's a way to hook you in for life there. Big time. Um, Next, at Giles Official 85 has put this match with a picture of Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. Why did that take so long for me to remember who that was? Uh, SummerSlam 92 Wembley Stadium. Not a bad fucking first memory, if I do say so. Uh, and then finally, we've got at Anthony Katie 1983. He's put 1987's WrestleMania 3, <clears throat> which is a great one. Guessing you're five? There, Anthony. If his if his handle's right, if it's his birthday, a lot of people do that, don't they? Put the birth dates or birth. Yeah, it's because you can't. You can't get you just your name, and you still want. You don't just want random numbers, do you? you want some identifiable. No, no. The, the random numbers. They're the ones that get like trolls. Uh, no picture the, on a yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, numbers, yeah, yeah. The little eggs, mm-hmm. little troll eggs. They get fucking taken out pretty quick. So thanks so much for all that, guys. There's a fucking awesome ones there. Uh, really good response. So thank you very much. Mine. So I, I I've I've not really got like a, a match or anything. I think the first memory that I've got is uh, I think probably like I think it was WrestleMania two or maybe three. Uh, the, the times when they used to bring the wrestlers to the ring on those like mini rings, if you remember them. Uh, I always thought back in the day like somebody just had a rope that was like pulling it along. But if you remember when they were like stood there, remember Coco Beware being. <coughs> Studying like the mini ring as it gets pulled to the ring. Oh wow! So they were kind of stood on something that like moved. Okay. So I think that's like the first one. But the reason why I would have known that is like you know three or four years old. Uh, my gran, my grandmama, used to rent videos from like the library for me. So like every weekend I would go over there and I'd stay over and all that kind of stuff. So she used to rent videos. And it started off with like the normal cool shit like Spider-Man, X-Men, all that kind of stuff. And then kind of evolved as we started running out of videos. Because Stockport Library wasn't the most well-stocked in VHSs. So we move on to like wrestling. So my first kind of... Uh, and, you know, she just let me get whatever I wanted. Whatever I wanted. So my first like introduction to professional wrestling was through renting videos from the library. And watching them and all that kind of stuff. One time, I couldn't go with her to the library. And I said, oh, you know, I want a few wrestling videos, if you can rent me a few wrestling videos. And she proceeded to rent me uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship 1, uh, which I watched the whole thing, because I remember the guy getting head kicked and, like, completely knocked out. And I think she just thought it was exactly the same. And, like, four or five-year-old me knew it wasn't the same. <laughs> it's like, are these people really punching each other? There's, like, you know, blood everywhere, and these guys are getting choked out. It was great. But 
was also my first uh, foray into UFC as well, which is great. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure, <laughs> imagine like, just imagine my mum like walking in and like that fight, the, the infamous fight when they when they used to be able to put like, sh- keep shoes on. Like they've got trainers on and like kicking each other in the fucking head. And there was a massive fat guy who got kicked in the head and like completely like knocked out. Jesus. I just imagine like my mum walking in at that time and just going, what the fuck? <laughs> but obviously she never did. But yeah, that's mine. I think for me, it, I, I think that that question asked of people who are a generation younger might be a bit easier to answer because by the time so I was born in 1985 so by the time I'm fucking coming online where I can actually remember shit when you're about five you know you can really start to remember you know in the 90s Hulk Hogan was everywhere you know he was fucking everywhere he was in like I'm sure he was in like an episode of Baywatch he was and I used to fucking watch for some reason he used to go around to me grands every week as a family and Baywatch we'd all just watch Baywatch together the kids the adults your, your grands no, no, she's, a she's, bit, she's, a bit like that, isn't she? Yeah, she watches Naked Attraction. She's in her nineties. Dirty old bitch. <laughs> but, um, but Hulk Hogan was always there. He was on mainstream TV. He was in cartoons. He was in every oh, Big Breakfast. For fuck's sake! Yeah, Big Breakfast, and with Macho Man, I think. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, Macho Man. It's just weird because I don't ever remember him not being there. He was like Mickey Mouse or Bart Simpson. He was just always yeah. there. He was like the 90s man, you know, like early yeah, 90s. Yeah. So probably, you know, I don't think I watched wrestling for like many, many years. But I, I knew of Hulk Hogan. And as I've said many times on the show, you know, my cousin had the wrestling figure. So I go around to his house and he'd have like the ring, you know, the little ring yeah. thing. And yeah, yeah. British Bulldog. I remember him having the figurine of British Bulldog and Hulk Hogan. And I remember a lot of lads in, because it, it tended to be lads, in primary school would talk about British Bulldog a lot. Right. And I didn't know who, who he was or what he looked like or anything. I remember some of them would bring like the toys in and the figures. So you'd start to sort of like recognise who, who he were, was. But I think the first time I, I properly saw wrestling was the Attitude Era, so like when yeah. I was about 13, 14. And I just remember seeing the likes of The Rock, Stone Cold, Trish, Lita. Mm. And, you know, particularly The Rock. I just thought The Rock was the fucking, even though he wasn't supposed to be, I just thought he was the coolest person. Yeah. You know, I think I might have quite fancied him as well. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it, it was just... It was I'll just, give you that one. I don't know, I don't know. I, do you know what? It was just the eyebrow thing. I just thought yeah. it was quite, it was quite endearing. But you know, like, um, and, and you know, a lot of the girls like Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Where yep. he didn't really do it for me, but like, and and I was, but I was more enamoured with Trish and Lita because yep. I just thought it was cool as, as fuck. Because Trish looked like Pamela Anderson, but she was like badass. She weren't just posing. She was yep. like getting into it with like the men and the women and I know there's a lot of like bra and panties and all that but I never saw that because yeah. I was literally we watched them on a videotape someone had recorded a pay-per-view yeah or something and it was like a match that had been leading up to it so mm-hmm. I never saw any of the in-between shit bits that yeah, would have been on yeah. raw every week yeah I would just see a match that's like a culmination of an ending of something they've been working on for ages so it was like like high entertainment yeah and I, I don't i don't remember like properly watching it that intently i just remember thinking i want to be trish that's like my she's just brilliant yeah and i think that's when i first saw wrestling but yeah but hulk hogan 
But he's just such a cultural icon. You at can't, the time. you can't like put into words really the the amount of stardom that that guy had. Like mm-hmm. I remember seeing an interview with him where he was he was just kind of from like a while ago, like before all the scandals and and that kind of shit, where he was um, he was saying you know the the the, the lifestyle was insane. You know, he was like on a on a he was on a TV show every day. Then yeah. he'd be wrestling. He'd be wrestling in the morning, TV show in the evening, wrestling in the morning, TV show in the evening. Then he'd drive like five hundred miles to get to the next place, and he'd be wrestling in the morning, TV in the evening. He was a, he was a superstar. It was like he was the the. I mean, obviously, you know, the the, the funny thing is, and I've, again, I've said this before. The ultimate test for me comes down to can my parents name you a wrestler yeah and they they without a doubt know who hulk hogan is yeah not like there's no doubt about that they'd be able to tell like describe him yeah tell you like they'll probably be able to say hulkamania mm-hmm. they'd probably be able to sort of like remember he used to rip his shirt off in such yep. a way and they'd say he was a wrestler that's what he's famous for he's double and they'd probably say wwf however if i said to my dad stone cold steve austin i think he'd be like no no British Bulldog, maybe, but I don't think they could describe him or tell me anything about him. No. It's literally, and now to this day, apart from The Rock, but they know him from movies. Yeah. Uh, my so, parents so don't know him yeah. from, like, wrestling. They, no. They'll know he was a wrestler, but they know him from the films. But Hulk Hogan was famous for being a wrestler. Yeah, And yeah. he took wrestling. Whenever he was guest starring or he was on a show, he, he was a wrestler. He's going representing wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the only one, I think, who who went out and sold that show as a wrestler. You know, The Rock is more famous, but he's famous for being himself now and going selling his movies. Yeah. Hulk was like selling wrestling to the world and making it like so that there was, you know, in frigging Manchester, England, in every Toys R Us or every Woolworths is toys were yeah, in there yeah. you know it was all over the world it was it was it's never to be replicated i don't think no i don't think it will be either because you know a lot of things because now even though you know wrestling gets fantastic attendances fantastic viewing figures for this day and age mm. i don't think you're ever going to have that especially with the way they do things now you're never going to have that replicated because i think a lot of people in those days used to think it was real yeah, and it was like a real sport, which is you know to us because like you know very early on, you know if if you were talking to a kid in the playground about wrestling, they'd be like, oh, but it's fake though. So then that's because like because my my earliest memories of like watching it properly, and not you know the the videos that my grand got me when I was too small to know what was going on. Um, it was just a it was just a, a bit of like <coughs> colourful. Sorry. It's alright. Oh, God, it's me up. Yeah. You know, it was just a colourful thing for a very small child to watch. Mm. It's the, the the thing with that now is is it's you know when you because I think what, I was probably like ten or eleven when like my stepbrother used to wake me up in like, like fucking one in the morning to come down and watch the pay per view on Channel Four because he used to show it for free on Channel Four. Mm. Um, you know, there's a big difference between like knowing of it and watching it, and I think everybody, you know, if you said to anybody what's professional wrestling, everybody would say it's well, it's the the fake fighting thing. Mm. You know, that would be what you normal, you know, like like you always say, the people who look at us like we've got three heads, people. Um, 
that's what they would say. But back in those times, they thought it was real. Like they, Do you think they did at the Hulk Hogan sort of time? Yeah, because it was only it was only in like the early nineties where I remember like see not well, I've I've not and you know you can't quote me on this because it's just like rag sheety stuff. But it was like the early nineties when that bubble burst and it was like oh actually everybody now knows it's fake. It's mm. not it's not just a thing of you know the smart people know it's not real. You know, like your forty-year-olds who have probably watched it for ten years and actually then realised it's not real. Uh, everybody now knows it's not real. Mm. So your five-year-old who loves John Cena, you know, maybe if you've got cool parents, they would, they would kind of uh, keep it from them, like you'd keep Santa from them, and all sort of spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm just gonna top up my drink. Yeah, go for it. You know, at that time because they did think it was real or the majority of people thought it was real you know Hulk Hogan was a, was the champ he was the he was the, the biggest name because he won and I don't think I don't think you can ever get to that spot again because everybody knows now and it's it's one of them things where I I, I would love to see the difference between somebody who thinks it's real like if if it was physically possible to put this in perspective, like if you put like um, take it the the cage match from from a week ago, uh, Young Bucks and uh, and Lucha Bros, resoundedly thought of as one of the best, if not the best, cage match of all time. You put two people who have not seen that match. One of them knows wrestling isn't real, and one of them who doesn't know who think who thinks it's real if it would be possible to do that and you put them in a room and you and you had them watch it just what the reactions would be because we're used to like and I, and I think it is a fun part of wrestling I don't think it's taken anything away from the product because again we've got nothing to base it on so you know we've always known it's fake so you don't you don't have that point of reference like you know I can't remember a time when as a child I thought it was real like, no, like I, I, I always, I always knew it was fake. Because I think if you ever started talking to people in the in the school playground, mm. you know, we, we all know it's not real. So, to see that difference would would be really interesting. Mm. But, but then on the flip, because yeah, like I'm saying, you know, I, I think that doesn't take away from it, from the product for us of professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, professional wrestling. I don't think it takes away from the product for us because we do the things that all of us wrestling fans and you guys that are listening do when they see something and then you go into fantasy booking mode and you're like okay well this could lead on to this and that could lead on to that and then when you're shocked in a good way about the the, the change in direction it's a really great moment mm. if you're shocked in a bad way where it goes in an awful direction which you know we know we all know what I'm talking about there then that's when it's bad. So <coughs> to have that ignorance of, oh, I think this is real, you know, Roman Reigns can just swat everybody. Because that's, cause that's the, the real, yeah, and this is great because we're procrastinating a bit, but th- that's the real great thing. Um, or, or Not the great thing, but the hard thing, if you were a booker, if you're like Vince or Tony or whatever, Bruce Pritchard, I've got no time for um, if you're them and you're trying to portray a professional sport that everybody knows isn't real, mm. but it's a it's a theatre, you know, 
show. It's a it's a it's a sports entertainment show. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be really hard to like to, to to be like, you know, well these guys know it's not real, so why should we why bother? Let's just do a, a half an hour talking segment, you know. When you because when you think about it, because this this I, my, my backup question is is actually related to this. So I might go into this before we talk about what we've watched and stuff. But it's really hard to um, to to put on a show like that where you where you trying desperately because you can put a show on and it's enjoyable, but you've got to, to for, for it to work on a mass market level. So so. You have to have your Stone Colds. You have to have your Rocks. Mm. You have to have your Hulk Hogan's. But when people aren't, you know, because it's not a, it's not an over eighty. It's not an over, you know, was it PG fourteen? I think the Attitude Era was. It's a it's a show for children now because children are the last ones that could potentially know that it's not real. Mm. So as an adult watching it, you know, and you've got a twenty minute Randy Orton promo about how he's going to RKO somebody and win the belt. Are you really? Do you really give a shit about anything he's saying because you know it's not real? So it it all depends on what you you take out of it. Do you know what I mean? It is a it's a really interesting one, and I think when you look at the history, let you know, let's class it as a sport. The look, you know, you look at the history of some sports, and they have their moments where they're in the spotlight and they're really, really famous and really popular. And it doesn't last for some sports. They then go back into the cult following. Like curling. Yeah. Good example. <laughs> do, you remember, Good example. do you remember when curling yeah, was massive? Yeah, I do fucking remember when curling was when massive. When those women won the gold or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah and every, Scottish. And people yeah. were like, you know, it was in all the news stories about, oh, it's sweeping the nation. Um, That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's a Ted Lasso right there. Christ. But um, I think just to go back to Hulk Hogan a second. Yeah. The reason I think it it took off in such a big way and made, you know, put WWF at the time, like, absolutely in the cultural zeitgeist that every, everybody knew what the hell that was about, was that this was the early 90s where it was, it was, I think for a white man, a white Aryan man, he was so exotic... Yeah. to like British people you know we were still in that mode of join us at the crucible for the snooker on Saturday kind of shit you know it was all very grey and drab and boring yeah, yeah. and you had this like larger than life like couldn't look more American if he tried no. guy who was quite happy and quite like gregarious and fun and nice seemingly you know like in public anyway yeah. you can't speak for him outside of that obviously no. but you know when he was on British TV he played along with everything. He was a really good sport. He literally gave you exactly what you wanted from him, which was that OTT Mr. America shit. Yeah, he yeah. would come on wearing his ring gear everywhere. <laughs> even if he was being interviewed on, like, say, I don't even know if he was on Parky, but say yeah, he was on yeah. Parkinson, he would come out in his in his freaking Hulkamania shit. shit. Yeah. And it was so, like... Because I remember... If I said to my dad... And I'm sorry, I know I keep bringing my parents into this, but... If I said to my dad, Hulk Hogan, the first thing he'd do would be he'd laugh. And I just remember my dad yeah, laughing yeah. at him. Um, not in a sense of he... I think he did think he was a bit of a fool, but it was like he was this American clown, but yeah. really exciting and dead colourful, like a walking cartoon character, yeah. just jazzing up the likes of... 
like you know Noel's house party or the big breakfast yeah, or yeah. something like that it's like god it's really exciting we've got this like comes on rips his shirt yeah he, he literally gives you exactly what you want and it's no, no one's that excited about that shit anymore because we've moved on and we don't we're not as easily thrilled by stuff like that because we've we've had it but i do think the 90s was sort of that time where you know we were we were coming out of talk of like fucking little history but like coming out of the 80s it was so drab it was so depressing you know there was a lot of horrible shit politically that happened in the country loads of unemployment and then the 90s sort of like was a weird decade of everyone was spending money and everyone seemed to have cash and it just all became a bit more you know like shop shop spend spend toys and this and that yeah. and all these big franchises came out you know disney released all their big films and then you got hulk hogan in the middle of it he just as i say he became as famous as he was as famous as mickey mouse when i was a kid and bart simpson yeah you know the, those american exports that are so like exciting he was just that but it, it can it can never happen again we have got to the point where there's no one who can come out like that it from that industry that people never really took seriously anyway no one's ever going to be that big yeah that comes out and represents fake fighting as as well as he did mm. no it's just can't happen anymore there's no time where that would be a thing you could have be the best character on any show wwe aw it's unlikely you're gonna be you know like dominating british tv every no. saturday night and being on morning like breakfast shows yeah, and, yeah. and being you know your face is on frigging lunch boxes and drinks cans and food and, and all yeah, that yeah. shit and just it's just never it's just never ever ever going to happen again i know i've deviated off the point but i do find it quite fascinating how mm. everyone really took to him and wrestling became just a famous thing that, like a must see kind yeah, of thing it was yeah. like it was more it was more famous as as a child than say boxing which was also huge in the 90s like more so that i would argue than it is now in terms of a cultural zeitgeist yeah still get the crowds and still get the money but in terms of like the excitement of the fights you know you had your holyfield and you know tyson and all that shit it was it was big and you know over here prince nazim (laughs) yeah well i remember my dad saying like when muhammad ali fought is like he was working in some um some some like firm that he worked for and the whole office like stayed behind until the Ali fight and listened to it on the radio the whole office Christ you know hundreds of people and that's I don't think you get that anymore you know if you you guys you know work you know your kind of lunchtime chats everybody's into something different and that's the great thing with the internet and that kind of thing is is whatever you're into and it's a bad thing as well in some scenarios but whatever you're into you can find it Mm. So the only time I think when it could potentially happen again, like a Hulk Hogan, is if it got so mainstream, if it came around and the and the stars aligned and mm. and you know whether which company could do that is up for debate. I think it but, can happen. You know, I do think there are trends that you know again to sort of like bring up snooker. You know, when I watched that documentary, yeah. in the 80s, it was, like, bigger than football in this country. It was the most, like... And it's never got there since. But that's not to say that it it can't 
but it would take an extra, 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 extra special person to yeah. make that and you that's, know, as popular as it was. Well, that's something that actually leads into somewhere for later, which I'll save. But you know, snooker got better ratings, but they never did arenas. They never did stadiums. Mm. You know, they only ever did small, dingy little places where the you know people could buy a ticket and go and watch it. Which is really interesting for what's coming later. Um, but, you know, football, soccer, if you're American, over here, was still getting, you know, on, on big matches, 80,000 people, mm. 90,000 people. Well, it, was seen as the, it wasn't seen as a, a gentlemanly thing. It had fallen into such disrepute because of all the fighting and stuff and all the terrible things that, like, happened at matches and, like, yeah. the arranged violence. It was just seen as, like, a scroty thing to do, whereas, like, then the masses who thought of themselves a bit better started yeah. watching snooker. Uh, we've gone off on a massive tangent here. But the, so the, the thing that I was, I was kind of saving in case we didn't have anything to talk about, which obviously we do, we don't, but we do, is something that came up on uh, Observer with uh, Lance Storm. Mm. And Alvarez, and they were talking about title wins, and uh, Landstorm. And I thought this was a really interesting thing, but I think it would just be like a quick yes or no answer. We'll see. Is um, they were going on about so Big E winning the title, some them hot shot booking, trying to counteract Monday Night Football, and the fact that they've been beaten in the demo two weeks in a row by AEW. Don't get angry by that. It's just facts. Um, by promising a title change on the show. And all that kind of stuff. And then people congratulating Big E on winning the belt. So Landstorm, and I'll give my opinion on it in a second, I took a bit of umbrage with this. Took a little bit of... So he he won the ECW tag team titles and was going in the back and everyone was congratulating him. He's like, why? Because he was brought up in a time where if you won the belt and somebody congratulated you for winning the belt, it was a rib. And this is the industry, so this is other wrestlers. Are we talking backstage here? Yeah. Okay. So this is other. So so his his opinion is pure was purely based on the other wrestlers. Right. So if you won a belt on a show, and they came up to you know, and the locker room comes out and he's like, "Oh, congratulations on winning the belt," you know, his thing was well, in his time they were taking the piss because they know you know it's not real, mm. and the time to congratulate somebody was when they were told or when the decision was made that they were going to win that belt because it meant the promotion saw something in you. Mm -hmm. So that was the time for the boys and the girls in the back to congratulate you on winning a title because, you know, if it's in a month's time, but they've told you you're winning the belts on this day. Mm -hmm. So that's all come out of, like, you know, loads of wrestlers obviously congratulating Big E, and it's a great, you know... Obviously, you know where we're at, regular listeners. We ain't watching WWE at the moment for reasons that, if they're not obvious, should be. Um, but that was a great moment, and I've not. I wanted to. I, I thought about going and watching some highlights just to see what the crowd reaction were and all that kind of stuff. But I've not because I can't be arsed, Basically, no. there's too much stuff to you know. There's G ones going on, motherfuckers. Like, come on, uh, which we'll get to in a sec. But the. I thought it was a really interesting thing that he was saying, like, to congratulate somebody on winning the belt isn't the right thing to do. But from a fan's perspective, we don't get that backstage kind of 
you know, we, we don't know. We won't, well, we, to be honest, we do know. You can see it coming a fucking mile off with certain companies when, when, a, when a belt change is going to happen or when something else is going to, you know. So I'm... I never really thought of it that way. It's like you shouldn't congratulate a wrestler for winning a title. But I also think that I don't I don't think like that either. I think congratulations for having a fantastic match yeah. or and that kind of stuff. Like I'm not say, you know, I don't think I've ever tweeted out saying congratulations to Big E for winning the WWE title. I'm more like what a great match. It just so happens that Kenny Omega won the belt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you think on that? Do you, do, you, are you, do you have an opinion either way? or? Not really. I don't really... Um, I don't really get it, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a bit like... Um, don't, I don't really understand the... What he's talking about. Not really, no. I don't really get it. I, I've, I've got... And I, and I feel like I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I, I don't understand... I don't I think it's like a bit of a mountain out of a molehill. Totally, yeah. To to me, there's two different ways of thinking about it. There's the fans' way, and there's the industry people's way. Mm. So I understand like the industry people not congratulating somebody on winning a title because you're not actually winning a title, but the fans who are bought into this, even though they know it's not real, I think it's absolutely fine to congratulate somebody on winning a belt because mm. that's that's the desired reaction that they want, you know because thing is when we're in that uh, arena and you know you you know as well as i do when you've gone to watch live wrestling i saw horrocks before he's off watching live wrestling today i think it might be that catch pro thing we we have got when we walk through that door to go into that arena or into that building we leave our disbelief outside mm. and you've got it otherwise you ain't going to enjoy it because if you really think about it you're not going to enjoy it so you have to, as a wrestling fan, you have to leave that disbelief behind and pretend yeah. that it's real. We, Otherwise, we, it doesn't make any sense. Of, of course. And although it can be taken completely the wrong way, where it it's where the crowd hijacks the show, you you're you play you're you're playing a role too. Yeah. So you you know you are supposed to boo the heels, even if you don't know who the fuck they are. You get a feel for who they are, and you all just join in because it's like a big friggin' Shakespearean theatre shit. You know, the the crowd helps to tell the story, so you kind of have to just go along with whatever they're telling you to do, really. And yeah. it, I'm always more than happy to do that when when I think it's done well. Yes, so like, which is why people, show, which is why people hijack shows, is because it's not done well. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason. Walking into an indie show and you've never been before, you know, you kind of have to go along with the rest of the crowd. You can't go against them. Just you kind of you're in. You feel like you're in their house. Yeah, and you're just kind of being a part of the part of the gang, and you've got to just join in and help the wrestlers along as well yeah. to be able to do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just on a, on an offshoot, it's WWE Newcastle today. Apparently, oh really? Yeah, so they're in the UK. There's a lot of it. Just clicked on the the thread. Then a lot of excitement because wrestling's not been around for a bit. Mm. Let's hope they're still just as excited after they've watched it. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really weird thing to say. Like, don't you know? E- even from a wrestler's point of view, like if you were you know Kofi and Xavier, you you can't congratulate you. Big E on winning the belt. Like, it's very strange. It is I odd. I don't quite... I can kind of see 
I can kind of see that it could be seen as slightly patronising, maybe. I think That's that exactly what, what he was saying. Yeah, he said he was, you know, anybody who did congratulate you, it was a rib. It was mm. like they were taking the piss out of you. Very strange, but... Mm, odd time. Well, is. Wrestling is odd, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this week, what I've watched, so AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage, enjoyed both of those shows very much. Um, I think that the big takeaway from both shows, interestingly enough, was Ruby and Britt, the promo. Mm. I know Chris sent us a tweet about Room 101, and I'm assuming that this is what you're alluding to, Chris, uh, when commentators um, tell you how good something is. Uh, even though they should have shut up and, and did it. <coughs> My thought on that is I don't think Jericho thought he was on. And when he was like, oh, this is great. Because he kind of, you know... He, he was a bit he, off mic, wasn't he? Yeah, he didn't shout it and anything like that. But I thought that promo was fantastic. You know, me and you were like, oh! Like, yeah, for yeah, that. yeah, And it was, fired. you know, really great, really great stuff. And it instantly puts them over as being a really fucking integral part of that show. So... That was awesome. I watched half of um, the old ROH pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor. Saw the Tony Atlas match. I don't know what's going on there. I can't, for the life of me, work it out what happened. I can't. <coughs> I've, not, I've seen so many conflicting theories, which means nobody else knows what the fuck happened. But then the day after, Tony Atlas comes out. And he says he's retiring from wrestling. So what it, what it looked like is it went off the rails. But what people th- the reason w- why they think is because Atlas got seriously injured. But then he came back and was fine. And, th- and they kind of got it back on track again. But Atlas looked like he was out of it. Like he had no idea where he was. Didn't know what the fuck he was doing. They were missing feedings. They were, it was all all over the fucking place, mm. which is really odd for ROH because the level, the standard of wrestling is ridiculous. So halfway through that, watched night one of the G1. So the first night, so the A block guys going at it. That was just great. It was so much fun. It had a bit of everything. It had massive surprise wins. It had comedy with the Yano and Kenta shit, which was just... You know, I just had a massive smile on my face all the way through that match. If you've not seen it, because you know I'm behind on night two, I'm sure people are going to be behind on a lot of this because it's going to be coming thick and fast. I ain't going to talk about results on here. We'll talk about results when it gets to the final, because too many people are watching it at too many different times, and you know, the, for the you know ten or twenty people who watch New Japan who listen to this, I don't want to say, oh, by the way, this happened when. You know, you could be listening to us on your way to work tomorrow, and that night you're going to catch up on nights one and two, because it's bullshit. Because it, that that's a massive thing as well as like for not just wrestling but New Japan especially, because it is so sports heavy, and it is just wrestling, and there's very few promos, and there's very few variation. There's variations in technique, but variations in the the, the visual product. It's just match after match after match after match. If you know the results, it completely ruins the entire show. Whereas you can watch, you can watch a WWE because next week they'll forget and they'll do something different. 
AEW, I feel like you can watch if you know the results because the match is going to be great, but you've not seen the promos and you've not seen the pyro and you've not seen the crowd. New Japan, if you know the results, completely ruins the show. Mm. Like it, it, it just isn't the same. It isn't the same show. But yeah, night one was fantastic. Looking forward to night two, obviously because of the, the what I'm assuming is the main event of the Kenta, uh, Kenta. God, I'm so tired. Uh, Okada and Tanahashi uh, match. It's just going to be fucking fucking incredible. Uh, and then the last thing that we kind of both listened to together this week was Ruby Soho and Talkies Jericho. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. thought yeah, it was a really too. good chat. I mean, like we were talking about it earlier and we said we'd talk about it on the podcast. Oh, how many times can you say talk in one sentence? Um, Talkies Jericho. Yeah. Baby. Um, there, there aren't really any sort of takeaways that are worth highlighting i don't think i don't think there was any sort of revelations there was nothing shocking it was just a nice conversation Mm. between the two of them and just good to hear someone actually happy yeah i mean my my massive takeaway from it was just how much better jericho has got as being an interviewer because like you know it's like anything with like podcasts and stuff you know you dip in and out I'm, i'm sure people dip in and out of this one as well the first kind of interviews that he was doing like post WWE when he had like Anderson and Gallows on and all that kind of stuff he was constantly interrupting and constantly jumping in with his own stories and constantly trying to get himself over and of course it's Chris Jericho so he's gonna still get himself over but I did think he he kind of leant back a lot yeah, and didn't you say? Out. Didn't you say it was a similar thing with the CJ interview yeah, yeah. as well, where he kind of took a back seat and just let them go, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously miles better. But I saw a thing on Ruby today, you know, and it's one of them where since this influx of new talent, you know, from like six months ago to now, have been coming in, and they all say it's how great it is, and you're like, oh, well, like, how great is it? But it's every single person who says it. And now Ruby's kind of done an interview and said she hasn't felt like she's been home until she got to AEW. Mm. Which I think is an amazing thing. But if you get pushed in that way, if you get used in the right way, your wrestlers are going to be happy. And I'm sure there are a lot of wrestlers there that aren't happy with the position at the moment. But... Yeah, I thought it was a really cool interview. So if anybody's not listening to that and you you know you've got a bit of bit of space in your old podcast library, uh, it's well worth doing that. I did see in the rundown he did one with Nico McBrain as well, the um, Iron Maiden drummer. He, if you've ever seen that guy interviewed, he's all over the place in a great way. So we're really looking forward to that. Don't don't you think I was thinking about this interview before because I haven't listened to it, but I, I saved it. That really is like. It made it, it really highlighted how much I compartmentalise my entertainment because that's two worlds to me that I can't I can't having watched Nico and loads of interviews about Iron Maiden I can't imagine him having a conversation with Chris Jericho the wrestler no. I know Jericho's in Fozzy and I know they'll know each other probably through the music absolutely I just <coughs> can't imagine those two people existing in the same in in my head. They don't exist in no. the same world. Was it wasn't? I mean, he might have been on both of them, but one Jericho like backstage at the the Flight Six 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 tour when yes, he did. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a, 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 a little, little talking head, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Very quickly. At Him one and of the Lars shows. and yeah, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they know each other, but it's just in my own head they're really separate. 
Iron Maiden yeah. and Chris Jericho are That's in different polars uh, other sides yeah. of my brain completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm dead interested to hear it though. Mm. But does he does he sit back on that one, or does he give him stories about his own drummer? And we know what his own guitarist is like because we saw him at All Out. So mm. bless his cotton socks. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in uh, listening to a, a good podcast this week, I do. I mean, I'm looking forward to to her being on like um, un, unrestricted because mm-hmm. um, I do think Shivani and, and Aubrey are really good at that as well, and you get a little bit more backstagey stuff. Um, but yeah, probably what the biggest takeaway is when she was talking about how they were all there. And then obviously they all start going out and it's and it starts... Co- That's it. Yeah, so this is the, the big takeaway. I'm just going to go for a quick wee. Yeah, go for it. Um, where she's going on about, you know, a debut and that kind of stuff and, you know, all the girls are there and they all start going out and then it's just her left and it was just, like, really quiet. And then just before they hit her music, the crowd starts chanting Ruby Soho, which obviously we all saw. And Khan just like takes his headphones off from behind the desk and stands up and goes, let's fucking go. <laughs> she just thought, God, the guy is such a, you know, such a wrestling mark. But in a, see, I, I'm trying to, trying to reclaim mark. I think it's a good term. I think if you're a really big fan of wrestling, there ain't enough of us. So Mark, if if you if you look at yourself and think, oh, I'm being a bit of a Mark here. Maybe I've been buying too many T-shirts. Maybe I'm buying too many signed online meet and greets for New Japan. Suzuki's next, by the way. Um, then fuck them because you know that's a great thing. Everybody, we would love everybody to be a Mark because then them crowds, every crowd would be fucking super hot and super passionate, and you wouldn't get like, you know pockets of people who don't give a shit who've just gone to watch the circus so yeah try and reclaim mark as a as a as a badge of honor maybe that's just me trying to trying to make myself cool anyway so while uh jam's on the old toiletta let's get into what's not so good about the whole wrestling shit uh, this week so a national ad campaign featuring rick flair which if which hasn't been put here but if you watch roh tv you'll know it very well car shield has been put on pause following Thursday's Dark Side of the Ring episode. So PW Insider's Mike Johnson reported Friday that the Car Shield oh they did put it in Car Shield campaigns features the Hall of Famer on pause, according to Intermedia, the advertising agency who handles the ads. In a statement, Johnson says we take these matters very seriously. As of right now, we're pausing the campaign. And we will do our due diligence. Uh, also, because of the... Um, I'm assuming, guys, you all know this story. If not, I'll do a little recap later. Uh, but Impact Wrestling suspended Tommy Dreamer following the controversial comments that he made on the Thursday show. In a statement obtained by John Pollock of Post Wrestling, Impact said, We are aware of Mr. Lang- La- Lagins. Langwins. Should we call him Mr. Dreamer? <laughs> <laughs> comments on Dark Side of the Ring the views expressed by him in the interview are completely unacceptable uh, we can confirm that Mr Dreamer was suspended this morning with immediate effect pending further action to which I've seen today which has been retweeted and he's been doing the rounds uh, Tommy Dreamer's statement on this 
Quotes. Regarding my comments made on Dark Side of the Ring, it was never my intention to offend, hurt, or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in somebody's personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct of any any kind. I apologise to anyone I offended from the bottom of my heart. I am so sorry. So... I mean, it's a shit thing, but we've got to talk about it. So, Dark Side of the Ring this week, if you don't know, uh, was on the plane ride from hell. Which, if before you watch this, if you're ignorant of the story, which I think I was, and you know, most people was, you know, because what we've been fed in the past by WWE was cartoon-related um, tomfoolery. Tomfoolery, where you know. I mean, I watched a couple of the cartoon things cause that were doing the rounds, and they're just fucking awful. Basically, one of them was insinuated he had sex with every fucking flight attendant. And, uh, yeah, you know, you can do what you do. But the main sort of takeaways from me, before I pass it on to you, is, you know, for years, we've all heard the fucking stories about Flair. Everybody's heard about it, him getting his cock out and all that kind of stuff. However... The only time, because I've seen so many people, and sorry to keep fucking uh, sidetracking, but I've seen so many people saying, um, oh, everybody knew these stories. Why wasn't he cancelled before? And all just, Listen, <coughs> we, we were also, like, a couple of weeks ago, saying that this guy was having a massive career resurgence. He turned up on AAA as Andrade's kind of valet and then obviously got physical in the ring it was looking like and and up until this week it was looking like Flair was coming into AEW as Andrade's manager hence why they got rid of Chavo so quick um, like literally out of nowhere um, so that's what it was looking like was going to happen so we were all you know I say all there was loads of people tweeting us as well about this so it isn't you know People might have known these sort of stories, but not to the degree that Dark Side of the Ring showed it off to the public. You know, I'd heard about him flashing his dick. I'd heard about him fucking being leery and, like, flirty with all the women and stuff. In my opinion, there's a massive difference between being flirty, leery and whapping your cock out in front of everyone to making somebody touch it. There's a giant leap there now if you're making somebody feel uncomfortable by being naked then again that's a form of you know uh, it's flashing isn't it? yeah you get arrested for yeah it you, you get you, you get a, you get arrested for flashing but it, not saying that flashing is is is, is okay because it obviously isn't but there's a gigantic leap for me between flashing somebody and making them touch your cock that's my opinion. There's a ma- there's a massive degree. Of, you know, if you talk about murder, there's a reason why there's for murder. There's different degrees of of severity. There's a massive jump between flashing and being leery and making somebody touch your cock. Neither neither one of them are fine, but there's a massive difference. So then the Tommy Dreamer thing. If you take his words out of context, they seem worse than they actually are. But again. He is, he's basically saying that the woman's lying. Now we weren't on that plane. He was on that plane, but he obviously didn't see what happened, because how how could he? Because 
flare had gone up and they were you know enclosed in the the, the the serving area so he doesn't he doesn't know so his default reaction is to stick up for his buddy which is a, again a bad thing but there's a there's degrees of um there's degrees of severity like for dreamer to be piled in with flare is completely wrong in my opinion should he get off scot-free absolutely not because he said basically said well why the fuck did she take the payout and we've talked about this off air well of course she took the payout because she doesn't have the money to sue a rick flair or a wwe so of course she's going to take the fucking payout and try and get on with her life Mm -hmm. but so that's that's such a nothing ignorant statement so he should be dealt with accordingly by by the masses and by his own employers and they should be the ones to determine whether or not he can come back to work and I think his, his uh, busted open radio thing is a bit up in the air and, and that kind of thing but this apology that I've read out today unfortunately Mr Dreamer doesn't fucking cut it doesn't cut it because he was quite you know even Ro- nobody came off good in that fucking show even Jim Ross came off a bit like <sighs> when he was going on about being the head of talent relations and why wasn't Flair suspended because quite a lot of people got fired from that flight. You know, there's loads of fucking injuries and all this kind of shit. Kyoto comes off as, as an absolute laughing gibbon, like just a fucking dick. It's like, oh yeah, we're taking drugs, man. Like just an absolute old frat boy prick. And JR says he was a made guy. So you can't, you know, you couldn't do anything to him. Now that was back then. Hopefully things are different now. Mm. And I know back then isn't that far ago. But my personal opinion, and I've said it a million times, is there shouldn't ever be no way back for anybody. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be no way back for anyone, to a degree. Do I mean, as in, I want to see Ric Flair on the TV again? Absolutely not. But Ric Flair should be able to, at some point, after doing whatever it is he needs to do to get, well, which I don't know, to get to that point. To me, there's no reason why Ric Flair can't continue some sort of uh, aspect of a career, but not in professional wrestling. Because I don't want to see him. If he made somebody grab his dick, I don't want to see him. And I've heard about it, and it's dead easy for me to say that, because now I've heard about it properly. And it's been pretty much confirmed. Even though he's denied it, loads of people have confirmed it. So I don't want to see him on my TV ever again. Thank you for all the memories. Goodbye. But does that mean I want him to never work again? No. He can work, just not in professional wrestling. And if anybody wants to touch him at this particular time, like in AEW, because it was supposed to be Arthur Ashe, where he was debuting, if he still debuts... They got massive issues. They've got massive fucking issues. He can't. He can't. They just can't do that. Well, can so this is in no way the same thing. No way the same thing. But it's a tick. It's like a bad tick next to you know WWE. If you if you're gonna have every time a company pissed you off, and you have their names next to each other, and we're just gonna take WWE and AEW just for the sake of argument. WWE's run out of space for ticks. AEW's got two ticks next to it for me. Because I don't take booking decisions into account. And I don't take any of that shit into account. So the two ticks AEW's got next to its name is one, 
Khan getting arsy with reporters and interrupting them. Can't stand it. it. Means you're a dickhead, deep down. Second is he's not mandated vaccines, and he's come out today saying it's not mandatory for talent to get vaccines. But I think every, I think most people have got vaccines. So when you hear that, and I'll pass this on to you in a second. I promise. When you hear that, it doesn't sound that bad. It's like, oh, you know, vaccines aren't mandatory, but you know, I think most people have got it. Right. Who is Tony Khan? He's the fucking GM, owner, booker of AEW. He gave a really offhand statement there. And do you really believe that he doesn't know who hasn't been vaccinated? Bullshit. Of course he fucking knows who hasn't been vaccinated. Of course he knows. Just how Vince knows that Sasha wasn't vaccinated. That's why you've not seen her for a month. You know, of course he fucking knows who hasn't been vaccinated. Which means he brushed that comment under the carpet. So that's so somebody in that and whether your views on vaccinations or not, you know, whether you should get them or whether you shouldn't, I'm very much pro vaccination. I've had them both. I'm still alive and my sponsored ads haven't changed. So there's no chip trying to advertise to me, ladies and gentlemen. But if you if you look in something like that, he knows who isn't vaccinated, and whoever that person or people are are being protected. When America is being very get your fucking vaccinations because every business is going to be made to make their employees get vaccinated. So it's because wrestling is an independent contractor situation. Is that the loophole where they don't have to have people? It's a fucking weird hill to die on, in my opinion. So he knows who's not vaccinated and they're getting a pass. Whereas I'm sure all the fucking Dark Order were marched into that vaccination office. So... You know, you can you can make an educated guess about who the person or people are who haven't been vaccinated, but you obviously you can't name names because you don't fucking know. But you can guess. You, you can guess one pretty much categorically who hasn't got the vaccine, and they're being protected. And it doesn't matter about the subject. <coughs> Subjects irrelevant. But that's the things that piss me off, and that is this all over. Ric Flair was protected. When fucking... Um, and, I, and I hope Dark Side of the Ring do this at some point. That Ashley Mazzario, I can't remember her name, but when she went on that fucking uh, Fight for the Troops tour and got raped, and because it would have been too bad of a story for the US military, they were protected by WWE. And this is the same thing. The degree, again, it's that degrees of, um, you know, the de- degrees of severity are a lot less. But by that, to, to me, and it might, I might be completely wrong, but that comment of Khan saying it's not mandatory to be vaccinated, most people are vaccinated. What I get from that is, is you know who's not vaccinated and they're being protected. That's why, because if everybody got the vaccine, the story would be, we're a fully vaccinated company mm-hmm. because everyone's got the vaccine. But because some people haven't, he has to say it's not mandatory for you to get a vaccine. Otherwise, your certain people are going to start getting pissy, which means those certain people are being protected. So what else is he protecting? We were talking before about on that podcast with Jericho and Soho, a dog comes in and he, and he makes a joke about a sniffer dog. 
we're like, oh, you know, just can't have sniffer dogs to root out steroids, even if you can. But if he's protecting somebody about that, who's Brian Cage? Who's on the juice that he's protecting? You know, and again, it's one of them things where it's not real. It's not, you know, a real competition. The only damage they're doing are to themselves. But there's a reason why WWE has to do those drug tests, which they fake because Triple H isn't in them. Brock Lesnar isn't in them. Because we, we, we saw that because fucking Lesnar popped for UFC while he was doing a WWE run. So we know all that's bullshit, but at least they, on the face of it, are saying that it's not. So that's what I don't like, is when they're in a situation like that where certain individuals are being protected because of who they are. Because I'm telling you, all, everybody on Dark and Elevation, I'm sure they were all marched there before they did that Orlando taping. And that's my little rant. No, well, I appreciate it. Every, I agree with you. I really do. I think that... <coughs> the, I think what... When it comes to the plane ride from hell, as just one example there's the, the the problem the issue that is out there is it was a different time and it was a different time but the only reason it was different is because there was literally no 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 abused person was heard that's why it was a different time no one came forward about it you had to just live with it you get laughed out of a police station if you went there and said oh i had to touch his cock you know they can't swab test you like they do with rape victims with that they can't they wouldn't do any dna they just go okay well it's never going to court love you're never going to get this to court so what do you want because if you come out and you take this further wwe are going to sue you and it's going to it's going to bankrupt you. So here's some money, shut the fuck up, go on your merry way. And that's what of what happened in Hollywood with the Me Too thing. Like you're a nobody, you're an up-and-coming actress, you've got no money, you go to the police, this gets out, this is public knowledge because the police have to investigate it and the press will be all over that. You're going to get sued by me, Harvey Weinstein. If I've done the abuse or if one of my actors have done the abuse... I will sue you. You'll never work again and you'll owe millions and you'll lose your house, you'll lose your livelihood and you'll never have a life again. Here's some money. Okay, I've got no choice because I'm penniless in comparison to these people. And that was the that was the way it went. So it wasn't that it was... A, it, it was a different time in that respect. But in terms of the impact on victims, it's never been... It's, it's always been awful for them. It wasn't like the victims were like, yeah, totally up for it. It's just, the, the victims have always been victims, regardless of the time and the age. It was just how much that the perpetrators could get away with, to the point where they weren't even punished or there wasn't even discussion about it being wrong. It was just a case of, right, that needs to go away. That needs to go away. Ha ha, this is hilarious. Just paid that person off because you made a touchy dick. Ah, oh, ha ha, funny. You know, that's... It wasn't talked about like it was an actual issue. And that's the different time that Tommy Dreamer's talking about, essentially. It's like, it was just a laugh. It was just fun. And do you uh, know what? <clears throat> and, uh, sorry to jump in with just a quick one. Everything everything below in making people touch his dick, I would find funny, if I was being honest. If I was on a plane with a load of guys, and one of them got naked and started running around with a dick out, I would find it funny. 
I wouldn't find it offensive. If he started pressing it up against the fucking flight attendants, I'd be like, this is fucking weird. Come on. Yeah. But if he's running around and he's flashing it... Because like, I saw a thing of um, uh, Shane Douglas saying that he, you know, he used to get his dick out all the time. But it was just it was just something he did. He just unzipped his pants in a bar and you'd look down and he'd just have his cock out. Mm. Now that, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see it all the time, obviously. But it is flashing in public, but they're on a private plane... Someone's running around with just a robot and the dick out. That's doing me no harm. Mm. The differentiate for me is him making people touch it. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing. Because, you know, if, if you don't want to be involved with somebody running around naked, you can walk away. Or you can, move, you can move to a different part of the plane and it's fine. But that woman had nowhere to go. And he made her touch it. Mm. And loads of people have said that he's done it now. And you know, and whether or not he has done it, because he's denying it, is is neither here nor there. You know, if it comes out that this person is lying, then that's when you can change your opinion based on the facts that you get. But right now, I don't want to see the fucking guy on TV ever again. No, I, I'm I'm with you. The th- the thing is, it's all about it's all you have to, you have to be held accountable. Even if it was years ago, you've got to be held accountable for for these things because they've clearly upset someone. Yeah. Like, they've upset someone to the point where it's made them frightened and uncomfortable. And even, you know, like, I'm the same as you. If I was in a huge group of people and Ric Flair was there and he got his cock out and just died fucking helicoptering the the fucking thing... Funny. I'd probably laugh. However, that's in a big group. When he goes one-on-one with a woman on her own and he's coming up to her naked it's a different vibe and plus you know and that's that's me however really when you think about it those air stewards were working you know like you you shouldn't have to in any other job you shouldn't have to deal with seeing a naked person like when you're working you're on the clock you're getting paid you're away from home you're doing a job it's fine for all the people in the group because they're not working, but they're doing a job. They shouldn't have to be subjected to that. They shouldn't have to see someone's genitals while they're doing a job. Yeah. Regardless of whether he is, like, pressing them up against a wall and all that and making them touch him. It is bad on the face of it. You know, like, there's been a lot of people who that's come out about. You know, John Barrowman got, has been cancelled because he was notorious or whether it was on the Torchwood set, so when he was on Doctor Who or whatever he was doing, he would get his cock out and he'd put it on people's shoulders while they were getting their like makeup done. And it, these stories have been around for ages and everyone's laughed at them and thought it was really funny. And because, you know, maybe because he is a gay guy, people thought, oh, it's a non-threatening dick. It doesn't, it, it's, it's fine. But in this era that we've had, we kind of have to we kind of have to judge people all the same. You know, Velveteen Dream got sacked and then tried to go up, book himself on an indie show, got fired from that immediately because of the public outcry. You can't deal with Ric Flair differently because he's Ric Flair because that's that's the whole that's that's the that's literally the crux of the problem to begin with. The problem is the more powerful you get, the more you can get away with. So if we're going to be punishing the Velveteen Dreams and we don't want to see them anymore, we can't have a different rule for Ric Flair because that's... Again, if we did do that, 
we're being Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And we can't we can't just go, oh, that person's more famous and more loved, even though they did exactly the same as that other person over there that we cancelled fucking years ago. We're not cancelling him because we like him. You know, you get into a really dangerous point then. And it's funny because I've been guilty of when stories have come out about people that I've liked, I've gotten really angry about the stories. Not, I've never thought the people were lying who've come no. out about them, but I've been really upset because I thought, oh, no, not that person. I really don't want that person to be cancelled. And it's a really shit way to think about it. You know, you kind of should be thinking, oh, I'm disgusted with that person now. Like, for example, my favourite actor in the whole world, all of my teens and growing up was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I think he's an exceptional actor. He's been in some of my favourite films. Absolutely exquisite actor. And when everything came out about him, and there were rumours for fucking years about him as well doing this, you know, like always kind of being a little bit inappropriate with younger male um, actors, you know, and, and forcing himself, like exposing himself, that kind of thing. They weren't ever... Con- then when they started to get confirmed and it became quite clear that that man probably wasn't going to work in Hollywood again. My first reaction was complete disappointment. I was gutted. I was a huge fan of House of Cards at the time. You know, I knew he was in a new movie that they replaced him. I think they replaced him with Jeremy Plummer. Who won an Oscar. Yeah, won the Oscar for it. Um, Did a great job by all accounts. But I was gutted. And I think that although, like, it, it, you sort of feel quite guilty when you look back, I think it is a natural reaction for us to be all be gutted about Flair. Yeah. Especially because he was having like a, his reconnaissance, you know, he was yeah. he was coming back and we listened to that Renee podcast, we were laughing, we were like, oh my God, he sounds fucking crazy. Yeah. What a guy. You know, all that sounds shit. Sounds like so much like fun, yeah. Exactly. I bought myself a frigging Ric Flair Christmas jumper, by the way, folks, that's never going to see the light of day now. So that's going to just sit and that's... Put it, put it back there with me Gary Glitter T-shirt and me Lost Profits CD. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's just fucking not I mean, fucking my, Michael Jackson's number ones album. It's it's a it, it it's natural for us to be gutted, but I don't think I don't think you can translate your disappointment into immediately disbelieving the <coughs> victims because it suits your fandom better. Yeah, yeah. And and be like, oh, it's a bit harsh, that isn't it? It's like, well, let's all remember, or remember yourself how harshly you judged someone who you didn't like who it came out. Like, no one liked Harvey Weinstein. We all thought he was a knobhead. And everyone really wanted him to get what was coming to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as soon as it's like, you know, a a childhood hero of ours, we're we're a bit more defensive of him and a bit sad about it. Yeah. And it's, it's a tough, it's a really tough pill to swallow with Flair. It really is. It's hard to take. And it was, you know, going back to Hogan at the start of the show. Yep. You know, the stuff that came out about Hogan, you know, like his racist comments were really fucking hard to hear because this, again, another person who defined an era for me. Yeah. And who I thought, actually, apart from being really weirdly creepy with his daughter in his reality show. Yeah. You know, rubbing sun cream on her ass and all that shit. You know, I liked him. Yeah. I really, I did really like Hulk Hogan. And it's hard, that. It's hard to take. And especially like we're, we're coming out of you know i know i'm going off on a bit here but we're coming out of a pandemic as well where there's not been a lot of good news and there's been a lot there's been disappointment after disappointment to the to the point where i think it will take 
a lot of us who were who are in this room and who are listening to this show a lot of us to be able to get excited about something without thinking it's probably going to get cancelled mm. and i think that's a hangover that's going to last a while to the point where we're so used to disappointment that it's a default setting now to, so then when even when we're used to that we find our solace in something like wrestling which carried on throughout the pandemic and then rick flair it turns out you know he's he's crossed the line yeah, well, we had the speaking out movement as well, where the, all the UK scene... And, and that was fucking really disappointing. Yeah. And we weren't even that big of fans of them, but we'd gone and cheered these people, and we'd clapped for them, we'd queued up for T-shirts for some of them, yeah. and posed for pictures, which still pop up on my fucking iPhone photo memories of yeah. frigging Travis Banks. Well, the news out about Travis Banks this week is he got booked by Bandito, so ROH World Heavyweight Champion on a show and quickly had to apologise for him being booked on oh, a show. So like Velveteen situation. But he was actually like a surprise entrant in a rumble. and it What, he actually did it? He actually did it because he was a surprise entrant. Oh, and talk about tone deaf. Wow. But but Band- I, I'm sure it was Bandito who actually, because uh, I, I briefly saw it just before we came on. Where he sort of apologised for, for it and, and actually said, was accused of, but we use the term accused, of like being weird towards that Millie McKenzie and and all that crazy shit that happened. But, you know, the, these people don't deserve to never work again, but they don't deserve to do what they did before. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you have to find something else because... I mean, you just do, but you have to. You do have to work. Everyone's got to work. You've got to make a living. You have to make some money, but you, you know, you do have to. There are consequences. I do think mm. as well, and I know this sounds a bit of an odd thing to say, and I, I promise I don't have any skeletons in the closet, guys. But <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, when stories like Flair come out, I think a lot of people worry about their own past as well when stuff like that arises. And not to say that there's people out there who've made people touch their cocks on a fucking private jet. Yeah. But I do think that it it frightens people to think, oh, I've had nights out where I can't really remember or I've had one night stands. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think it, it, it worries people sometimes a little bit about, well, Jesus, like, have I done something that could get cancelled? Have I made a comment? Have I tweeted something in the past that was racist? Or You know, all these things, it, it forces you to sort of confront yourself a little bit. Yeah. And I think... Because you don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. No, it's not. It's not. And that's... I think that's why sometimes people are quite quick to not want to cancel them because you think about yourself in that situation and you have yeah. to pay for your, what you do wrong. But when you think of yourself, you think, well, I couldn't never work again. Yeah. And Flair is different. The guy's in his 70s and he's a fucking millionaire. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He cannot work again. He doesn't... I don't want to see the guy wrestle anyway. So, like... But that's not... The, and I know what you're saying. And I know this is not the, the conclusion you're drawing. Yeah, drink. Yeah, go okay. for it. I know this is not the conclusion you're going for, but his age is irrelevant. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the fact that he has, you know, pretty much all been... See, the thing, what I thought would happen was would be since Dark Side of the Ring came out is a load more people would come forward. Yeah. And I've not seen any more people come forward. No, that doesn't mean to say there isn't any more people. But I was kind of thinking, okay, 
you know, it, that's horrendous and I don't want to see him on TV again. But is this going to be like the first domino to fall? And not only, because Ric Flair is such a massive, you know, obviously with everything that he's doing and being in songs and all that kind of stuff, you know, you're not getting much bigger than Ric Flair. It would be, you know, probably just as big of a news story if it was like The Rock or Cena or somebody like that as far as the mainstream media goes. Because I don't, I still don't know because I don't run in those circles, but all the American football players when they're doing the limousine riding jet flying shit, mm. if they're doing that because it, they respect the guy or they're doing it because he, it's a bit of a joke. Yeah. So I don't know that whole situation. But I thought, okay, well, just like Weinstein and all that kind of shit is the first one comes out and then you're going to have... It's early. It only the show only came out on Thursday. Yeah, definitely, and, and not that you know I want to see because to me my decisions made on Ric Flair is like I'm not interested. Like I'm just not interested. Do I wish anything ill on him? No, but if 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 it was me that was deciding, the guy would be in prison. Like if it was if it was categorically proven to me that that's what happened. And it was 100% correct that that's what happened. He should be in prison. But the reason why he's not in prison is because he's Ric Flair. Do I think Velveteen Dream should be in prison? Absolutely. He was grooming an underage boy. He's a paedophile. Like, you know, there's no there's no cut and dry. There's no grey area with that. Do I think somebody like Travis Banks should be in prison? No. Because he was just a fucking nutcase. It's like coercive control. Yeah, coercive control. But he's a fucking scumbag and he should never... Mm. You know, maybe some people might want to see him wrestling again, but I don't want to see him wrestle again. I think the the thing is, if you own a wrestling company and it's men and women, I think out of respect for your female employees, you wouldn't want Travis Banks to be around. Even if the, the audience forgive him, and yeah. they really want to see him back. I think it's it comes down to is this person just by being there gonna make ev- like, everyone uncomfortable? Yeah. Is it gonna make the younger girls uncomfortable? Is it is it is it, is it gonna be detrimental to the team dynamic? Yeah. yeah the, Absolutely. It's it's and Flair is the same. And Hogan's the same as well because uh, Hogan du- is a hundred percent the same. WWE can't just bring out Hogan, which they have. Yeah, but but they didn't. But they didn't really. the The only the time when they brought him out is they had to partner him up with Titus O'Neil, which not only shines a fucking light on what happened, but also you know, because he was getting booed out the building. That sucked. And and it was just like okay, Dave decided to bring him back, and the guy's getting fucking booed, and he can't believe like you look in his face, and you can't he can't believe he's getting booed as badly as he is, but. The reason why he was getting booed as badly as he was was because they partnered him with Titus O'Neil. Mm. So if they just brought him out, he wouldn't have got booed as much as he got booed. But the reason why is because they were putting it in your face that he changed or that he was, you know, mm. which is, you know, the, the level of booing shouldn't change based on the person that he stood there with. But we've all got to accept the reality that it does. Because mm. if they just brought Hogan out and he just did his ear cupping thing, you know, there was loads of people in that crowd for WrestleMania. He's been brought out before that. I don't remember him. Yeah, being he's, brought he's out been brought out him. a fair. F- he's been brought out about two or three times since all of that shit. Because that shit happened about ten years ago now. It happened a long, long time ago. 
the, the well, did, gawky did it, stuff. Did it come out ten years ago? Yeah, then? yeah, it's been out ages. He's been, he has been out since. Because I I thought it came out pretty quickly after WrestleMania thirty. I thought that was when it was. He's definitely been out for WWE though. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure he has yeah. done, but I didn't think it came out ten years ago. Like, because he did WrestleMania 30 and nobody was thinking, everyone was just thinking at WrestleMania 30, oh, he got the name of the building wrong. Mm. Like, I don't remember being like, this guy's a fucking racist. I'm going to look at it. Because you know know my stance on racism. And it's, you know, it's not to be tolerated at all. So I can't, I can't see myself enjoying that segment with Hogan and Rock and Stone Cold knowing that. So, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But, like, the reason why he got booed so badly at WrestleMania is because they, t- they partnered him with Titus O'Neil, and that's their way of going, oh, he's cool now, because Titus O'Neil's with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone was like, fuck no. It's like, now you're rubbing it in our faces now. 2013 it was. So that's when that came out. Mm-hmm. So when, when was WrestleMania 30 then? The videotape, when he said the comments was from 2006. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, that's, well, it's probably before it. Mm. it I, I remember, before I, I, I had in my head... Because he got cheered was... out the building at 30. Yeah, well, it's we've had a year though, haven't we, where it's just become to the front and centre. You know, in terms of racism. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been a year of, he's the, really the last... It's talk, again, it's that yeah. tone death thing. Talk about like not now, please yeah. for fuck's sake! It's just not just why. Exactly, and it's dead easy to sit on our fucking uh, you know ivory towers and all that kind of shit. But there's certain things that you wouldn't even say in jest, and and that's the the, the problem. But yeah, I think um, you know my my thing on it is is I don't you know the person the the, the woman's obviously moved on, and but you know this is the first time she did like a public. Uh, sort of interview about it. All the other shit is is it's I think I think still to come out because I don't think it's done. Mm-mm. I don't I don't think it's done for Flair. You know if he's done it to a female flight attendant on one flight, how many other th- situations has he been in? I mean that the the, the uh, Shane Douglas thing was he used to get his dick out in like family restaurants when there's kids running around and. You know, all that sort of stuff is just massively inappropriate, obviously. But my opinion of both him and Dreamer, because Dreamer isn't anywhere near as bad, but I don't want to fucking see Dreamer. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Tommy Dreamer. And to, and to see those comments was like, like you said, it was really disappointing. Because mm-hmm. I was Mr. ECW, like when I was fucking 17, 16, 17. And I was, I'd missed, I'd missed the boat on it. I obviously weren't watching it at the time it was actually on, but I went back and watched all those pay-per-views and fucking bought the DVDs and, and got the rise and fall of ECW thing just before they brought it back. And I was, when they did bring it back, I was massively excited to see Tommy Dreamer again and Sam Man. And Sabu and all that kind of shit, which they've probably done all sorts of shit as well. But I don't want to see Tommy Dreamer anymore, and like I don't watch Impact, so I'm never gonna see him. But I'm not, you know, like I listen to a busted open radio with Punk, where 
Dreamer was interviewing him and talking about how great he was from coming back. And I was like, oh, good for you, Dreamer. You're a good guy. He's not a fucking good guy. He's one of the guys. And that's really the the, 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 the crux of it, is is those people, when, you, when they're the talking heads, you're one of the guys. And you're trying to stick up for your buddies and all that kind of stuff. And Osprey's got a lot of shit for doing that. For sticking up for his buddy, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't want to see Osprey anymore because of that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's it is what it is. It's true, and you can't. I can't help but wonder because this, they'll have produced Dark Side of the Ring. Like that that episode will be in production for a long time. Uh, Jer- think, Jericho did the voiceover, so he knew about that for a very long time. I well. think WWE got actually terminated. Ric Flair's contract came to an agreement. I think they knew. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think they knew, and I think that's why he was able to go. Wow, maybe they will have known. They will have been making that episode for fucking ages in terms of even just researching it, getting people talking about. It. There's no way someone's not given tits ripped tits off Vince. No. We're talking a boys' club here. There's no way people will have been contacted to talk about it who were unwilling to talk about it, or yeah, then just message like Vince, Vince yeah. and gone, oh yeah, even maybe even Vince and Vince has gone, shit, this is bad. Okay, to Rick. say to say face, we're gonna do it as in you've you've asked me for your release. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, surprised, be surprised because it's, it's all very convenient timing and a strange person for WWE to let go. This is money. You know, it's like letting Stone Cold go when you can sell all the merch. Yeah. It's Ric Flair makes them money forever. He's a perennial seller on their shop. And, he, you know, they were always using him with fucking Charlotte. Yeah. So I just think it's convenient timing that he parted ways with them. And a couple of months, literally a couple of months after that Dark Side of the Ring came out, which had to have been in production for a year. Yeah, yeah. A long time they'll have been getting people... And that it, that triple A thing, it was you know, it was he didn't get paid for it. He just did it out of the goodness of his heart, and it's 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 mm. tough, isn't it? It's really hard because I think you're right there. I think I think the the the, the obviously knew about it, and he obviously knew about it. Yeah. And to to save the you know the public kind of. Well, they they aren't their hands are totally clean. Yeah. Not totally clean, obviously. They well, never no, asked WWE. Because they're fucking flying. But I think it's cleaner than having him under contract and then having to fire him after the fact. Yeah. Which is a bigger story that puts a bit of a spotlight on them. It's like they got ahead of it. They got they absolutely got ahead of that. Yeah. And got I rid of him right. well in advance of it coming out. Vince will have known yeah. every step of the way that was coming out. Yeah, because well, because the, the, they use they use like WWE. I know they do a lot of reenactment stuff, but they use some WWE like videos and all that kind mm. of stuff. So they obviously have to get that somehow. Yeah, yeah, they'll have known. They'll have yeah. known. The it isn't is just talk- Getty images. You well, know they're what talking mean? about Vince in it, so yeah. he has to be told because you've got to be given the right to reply. It's like yeah, the news yeah. story thing. If you're releasing a story and an expose on someone, you have to get there. You have to reach out for comment before it goes live because someone has to be given. I don't know whether the, the media laws are the same in the US, but in the UK, you have to give someone a heads up when the story's coming out. They've got to be given a right to reply to say no comment, which will then be printed. 
or we reached out to their people and we haven't heard anything back yeah. you always read that so he will have they will have been asked yeah and also this season in a couple of weeks they're doing the steroid trial yeah outside of the ring so I'm sure they were asked about a lot of things like this. Probably uh, given a frigging list yeah, of yeah. shit. And then it's like the plane ride from hell. Who have you got on that? Oh, we've actually... Yeah. Someone's tipping them off. We've got the air steward who's saying that he, he, he yeah. sexually made, made her touch him, sexually assaulted her. Yeah. And then they've gone, right, okay, we need to get rid of Rick. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that fucking Linda was on that flight? Crazy. I, mean? I had no idea that Vince was even on that flight, to be honest. I thought the wrestlers I, were yeah, just given free reign. Me too, me too. And that's kind of the way it was put out. But, like, fucking JR's on it, Vince is on it, Linda's on it. Crazy. Why the fuck didn't Vince just go back there and just be like, what the fuck are you doing? I know. You know, when, when fucking Mr. Perfect and Brock are wrestling all over the... F- and ripping seats Slamming up. into the emergency door? <sighs> fucking yeah. hell. Well, something that I didn't know, I didn't realise you couldn't open that door up there. But obviously, it's a cabin pressure type thing. Yeah. But, but if they'd fucked with the door, like she said, they would have had to have made an emergency landing because of the cabin pressure. It's just all mad and like fucking, you know, I just... I think the way the way that I'm kind of going to be thinking about it, that's the statement that I hate, but moving forward, is... Obviously, these people are fucking scumbags that do that kind of thing. Making mm. somebody grab your dick, you're a piece of shit. End of story. Doesn't matter how pissed you are, doesn't matter how drugged up you are. Doesn't you know? They're all you know, like Kyoto was saying, laughing. They're all fucking spiking each other's drinks and just an absolute fucking toxic male environment, horrendous environment. Yeah. Like what the fuck? So <clears throat> my thing is now. And it's like that conversation we had <clears throat> not that long ago about Austin, about whether he's whether he's a face or a heel, as in mm. in life, and we determined that he was a bad guy. He has to be because he beat, he beat up, up his yeah. fucking wife, and it, and it wasn't just one incident; it's a load of incidents. So that so what that means to me is, uh, thank you very much for you, for all your years of entertainment. All the best in your future endeavours. Like, I'm not going to get on a fucking soapbox and be like... Because I've seen so many tweets. And, and again, Twitter is Twitter a fucking... Twitter is not the place to is be. a fucking cesspool. But so many people tweeting like, I'm never watching AEW because they're associated with Ric Flair. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even on about? He's not, he's not even been on the show. Yes, he's been backstage. But if, he, if, he, if, it's backst- if he's backstage, like, you know... Do I have a problem with Ric Flair being backstage at an AEW show? Does that make me not want to watch the products? No, because that's got nothing to do with me. Mm. If Andrade invites Ric Flair and Tony Khan's agreed it, that's their own thing. But seeing him on TV is a different thing because then that comes into my world. If all those people there have all been told about it and are all comfortable with Ric Flair being there, you know, we saw being the elite like a couple of weeks ago having a meal with Mega and the Young Bucks and whoever was filming. And we're like, oh shit, it's Ric Flair, wow, he's going AEW, amazing. Now, I don't want to fucking see it. And I think a lot of people are in that same bracket of they don't want to see it. Mm. And if they then continue to do it, they're protecting Ric Flair again because they're giving him that opportunity to be on TV. And and this is the way I'm going to be looking at it now is until I'm told otherwise I'm a fan of who I'm a fan of 
And if you tell me that they do something, then they're erased. Like all the history and all that kind of stuff is great, and you know we can <clears throat> we can bring up in in the future. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels is a great moment, and all that kind of jazz. But from here on out, there is a got to be accountability for people's actions. Like I bought a Travis Banks T-shirt, mm-hmm. I was fucking into it, and then you hear they do something like that, and yes, criminally he's not going to be charged with anything, but he's a piece of shit. So I'm not fucking. I'm not. Be, I was a fan of Jimmy Havoc as well, and then he disappeared because he had drug-related problems. Like a month before all that shit came out, and it's just like, you know, there's too many of these fucking knobheads yeah. knocking around wrestling. Too many, and any any entertainment industry you talk about fucking, you know, music and films, <clears throat> they're all the fucking same. They're all dickheads, and. You know, another thing that I've seen is people saying like, "Well, if you were in their shoes, what would you have done?" You can you can do that from now to the end of time. You can do all that sort of shit, but the the, the fact of the matter is, we're not we're not in that situation. So you can only hold your own personal values, and if you're happy with Ric Flair coming on out an AEW, that's completely up to you. Mm-hmm. That's not, uh, you know, I will never say you're a dickhead. You know, you can have your own opinion on it, but my opinion on it is. If he comes out on AEW, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to watch. It is. And and I think the whole like putting yourself in other people's shoes, if you were to put yourself in Ric Flair's shoes and you are having to reflect on your past behaviour, and even if he doesn't hold that up as being a... Even if he doesn't class that... As being a sexual assault in his head if he doesn't think that is because he thinks that everyone's having a laugh and all that shit because another thing just as a side note and then i will get back to my point sometimes when women are laughing at stuff like that it's because they don't want to get hurt yeah so when they're like oh I, but but they were having a laugh and they were laughing along it's like if you You've just watched someone fall into the emergency door, scrapping. They are off their head. They're on drugs. If you turn around and go, stop doing that, fuck off, they might punch you in the fucking face. Like, I know that sounds insane, but that's where a lot of, like, women are, like, told to, if if you get that unsolicited attention, smile and walk away. Yeah. But by smiling, you're seen as engaging him. Yeah. But the whole thing of, like, putting yourself in their shoes is, you know, I think any of us... If, if you yourself had been in a situation where you were high as a kite on a private jet, you took all your frigging clothes off and you were running around naked and you cornered a woman and got her hand and put it on your dick, I think you've got to then think, oh, I, my, brain is, my brain has gone to a point where I think I'm untouchable. I, I've, yeah. I fucking crossed over here. Like you have to think about yourself in a, in deep psychosis to get to that point where you think that's fine and that's just funny. You have been indulged and got to a point, such a point where you. I think you need therapy. I really yeah. do think that if that's what I'd think if I was in their shoes, if someone was retelling to me the shit I'd done that maybe I couldn't remember because I was so fucked or and I'd made someone feel that way. Because I was so entitled and I felt like I didn't, they were just collateral damage. They weren't even people to me. 
because they clearly he wasn't treating that that woman like she was a human no. he was treating her like she was a walking vagina someone to shag he probably thought she was going to reciprocate and they'd have sex and that's all he wanted he just yeah. wanted someone to, but he wasn't thinking of her as a human who was working yeah who was sober and trying to do a job so like putting yourself in their shoes i don't feel sorry for him no i think i would be very very worried about my brain i've crossed over to the point of i'm a sociopath i'm a yeah. fucking sociopath if i think that's okay I some wires have gone wrong in my head, and I need to. I need to go and get. I need to go yeah. to therapy, and I have to get this. Even if I don't think it anymore, I'd be like, "There's got to be some fucking residuals here." Because mm. fucking Flair is still going, getting fucked up. You heard Tony Khan saying he spent like he had an eight thousand dollar bar tab, yeah. and Flair is in his thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, and before AW, it was a running joke between the pair of them. That they would send each other thirty grand on their birthday. Yeah, 30. and I remember the speaking out thing. This this is why I think a lot of the wrestlers are quick to jump to the defense. And I'm, I'm not saying about Tommy Dream has done anything bad, but I think a lot of them are keen to jump to the defense because it does remind them of the shit they've done. I remember speaking out movement, and again, of course, you can take some things with a pinch of salt. But I do think that people who share stories have got nothing to gain. They've got nothing no. nothing to gain at all. You'll have your couple of nutters, because there are nutters online who will just make shit up. That's obviously true. However, I remember there being a story where someone said that I think they were in Vegas and there was an AEW star there who was one of their top stars who was married. And I think they exposed themselves to this group of girls and was trying to go grab at them and trying to like... Who was that? They Joe. never named him. They didn't name him. They just said a top AEW star who was married who was so drunk that he was grabbing at him, trying to take the clothes off, and he was like getting his cock out and stuff. And it always stuck in my head because I remember thinking, God, who the fuck is that? Could be any of them. Yeah. Could be any of them. And my first thought was Jericho, and that sounds awful, but yeah. like, but then I was like, well, it could be any of them. There's loads of them who are married. Cody. Could be any of them. Well, I mean, as soon as you was talking, then I was. For rightly or wrong, Cody was the first one I thought of. I remember them them really overstating that this person was so drunk they could barely keep their eyes open. I'm sure. Well, that's what they would say, though. Of course, but that's yeah. what but that's what the girls were saying who okay. tweeted it. Said yeah. that they were so hammered that, but they were beat. They were literally sexually assaulting these girls. Yeah. And I'm sure it was something to do with. I'm getting mixed up because I remember on the um um off a chops podcast they were talking about getting harassed in a lift by some drunk men yeah. but i'm sure the vegas one was in a lift as well where they were trying to get in this this man was trying to get into their rooms and trying to call them in a lift or something yeah. like that and just essentially assaulting them just women or just wrestlers was it was it just fans? no it was just fans yeah, it right. was i don't even know if, know if they were fans, fans but they were just people out and it said it was a top aew said one of but their top it, stars who was married yeah but in in it annoying that we can't know who that is to speak people are too fucking the speaking out thing well, everyone, they'll get they'll have got paid off like the people will have got paid off but would have still been allowed yeah. to say this happened to me but we can't say who it is i don't think they got paid off this person was just sharing an anecdote where they were like i'm not going to name them but this happened this was our story and i yeah. think that's just people going 
I'm jumping in as well because yeah. that was fucking shit too. Yeah. So here's ours, and they just didn't name them, I think, because they were frightened of like maybe the repercussions. Fan- yeah. yeah. So that's not necessarily got back to AEW. I'm not defending AEW. No. Because it may well have done, but that was like someone sharing theirs, and it's it happens all the time. These people are in different towns. Yeah. Every night. And they're in hotels, they're getting fucked up, especially if it's all men together. Um, maybe even there's some fucking stories about women in there that, that are out there. I'm sure, I'm sure there are. Yeah, that have been inappropriate. Yeah. It, it is statistically more likely to be men, though, as we know, yeah. because they have tend to be bigger, stronger, and they can corner a woman quite easily, yeah. especially fucking wrestlers who are on the juice and shit. Yeah. But... There are, there will be people who are frightened, and those will be the people who jump to the defense. And they'll yeah. be the people who, I mean, they can't jump to the defense anymore no. because they know that they get punished now too. But they'll be the people who are ringing up Flair, going, Oh man, I'm really sorry, don't worry, you've always got my support. Da, 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 da. He'll, he'll be undated with support from men and women yeah, in yeah. the wrestling industry who still want a, want a piece of the Ric Flair, still want to hang on his coattails and show yeah. that, the, you know, they're there. But. I'm with you. I don't think that they should be given a platform on national television. Absolutely not. Because the thing is, you know, what would happen to the guy, to the flight attendant, let's say, the male flight attendant who does that to Charlotte Flair? He's going to get fucked up. He's going to be in prison, probably. So, What do you mean, someone who came onto her? Yeah, if so, well, look at the guy who fucking beat up, who beat Charlotte up. Bram, is it? Yeah. Like, he came to fucking ICW and everyone was like, why the fuck are they employing this guy? Because mm. it's all rumours and it all gets swept under the carpet. But he lost his job with Impact and then turned up in ICW for a couple of months and then has fucking disappeared. Never seen the guy again. Maybe he's still working, maybe he's not. But what the fuck would Flair and his mates do then? I'm sure they'd all go and fucking beat the shit out of the guy. You know, it it this that's the issue is that is the crossing over between that these people aren't fucking humans anymore. You know, try and think of it from if this was Charlotte and somebody was doing it to, to to them, and I'm sure you know Flair hasn't done anything like that for fucking years, but that doesn't mean to say that he deserves a second chance to be on national TV. I don't think he does. Does he deserve to make money via advertising? That's not up to me because I don't. You know, I'm not buying Car Shield. Do you know what I mean? We we'll like, see it anyway. Don't see it, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, that and that's the way the way I'm gonna be with it is, you know, if that person who who was said, oh, it's an AW top star, that has done that, you know, if that ever comes out who that is, all the best in your future endeavors. I never want to see you on my TV again, mm-hmm. because, you know, if the person. If if they do that and the person takes a payoff, and because I think now I think now would be the time, if that happened to come forward and to name names and try and prosecute, I think now more than ever. But you're still gonna have to fight all that litigation, and it's not worth it. So do I think somebody taking a payoff is a bad thing? Absolutely not, because if somebody said right, here's a hundred thousand dollars to keep your mouth shut. It's a fucking awful thing to happen, but that's the the best case scenario for that person. They're going to get dragged through the mud, they're going to be called slags or fucking anything online. It ain't worth it. Mm. You have to try and move on from something like that. 
Yeah, and I think and that, it is sad yeah. that that's the case because I think they should be arrested and thrown in prison, but they can't be. Well, they, it's yeah, just they, it's just reality that they can't be. I know, and that's why they do it a lot of the time, and they know that. Yeah, they know they're untouchable. But they, they, they have got to, when when you get to the point where people who do fake fighting for a living think they're that untouchable, like it's a fucking toxic problem. Oh yeah, and the fact that it was happening on the UK scene. Like, these guys will be earning fucking minimum wage. Do you know what I mean? Enough. Well, like we say all the time, they're all dweebs. Yeah. They're all they're all people who who haven't fucking had any attention all their lives, and then suddenly they get a bit of attention and it goes to their heads. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that fucking flight, though, there's fucking drugs knocking around it. Vince needs to... Vince is the fucking worst. Yeah, he, he really is the worst. And is Tony Khan any better? We I don't know. You know, coming out and defending... Basically defending people who aren't vaccinated and protecting them if he's willing to protect them on that because there is a lot of people who have not been very happy with that comment so he's obviously not thinking he's not asked about it from a business point of view because because you've got you know the same with any subject you've got your extreme left your extreme right and your people in the middle mm-hmm. like does some of those wrestlers not being vaccinated stop me from watching the show no it doesn't but does it stop some people from watching the show absolutely so he so he's not asked about coming out and saying that no because he's protecting the people who aren't vaccinated you know fuck fuck people who think everybody should be vaccinated and fuck people who because it's basically a double-edged sword that fuck everybody who thinks nobody should be vaccinated because he's saying most of our wrestlers are vaccinated but it's not mandatory but most of them are but it's protecting the people who aren't vaccinated and that is if you're willing to protect that what else are you willing to protect that we don't know about and that's the that's that's an unfortunate sad thing it's fucking hard to be a fan at the moment <laughs> it is hard to be and a I, fan and I feel like my next my because my, I've only got one more topic and then I've got a bit of a grand slam run down for you guys as well you know it seems irrelevant the thing we're going to talk about next but I think we should try and leave it on a bit of an up we're going to have a wee are you done with the plane ride from hell? Yes, then? I am. I'm totally yeah, and do you know what? If if you if anybody's listening to this and you think, yeah, these guys, you know, completely out of the minds or or whatever, then I, you know that doesn't bother me at all. <clears throat> if you send me a tweet and go, do you actually? I'd want to see Ric Flair in AEW because that's the sad thing as well. Because I I am of the opinion that nobody should be able to, you know, nobody should be completely cancelled unless a criminal act happened. A criminal act for all intents and purposes, has happened in this case, which is denied. There's no kind of criminality. So we're never going to know what the true story is. We can assume, but we're never going to know. So if you're of the opinion like, you know, I want to see Ric Flair on my TV, you know, that is completely your opinion because that's the problem with being in a situation like this is you don't know the facts. You never know the facts. Unless somebody gets put behind bars, and sometimes that's not even enough, because we know with both the American and the British fucking judicial system, is people people get wrongly convicted of things. So even that's not 100%. But the, the, the problem with that kind of shit is you're never going to know 100%. So if you're completely against the opinion, then that's totally fine. You know, you are, as I always say, you know, everybody should make their own minds up and everything like that. So if you want to see Ric Flair, you're well within your rights to. Absolutely well within your rights to. It's just my opinion that I don't want to see him on my TV ever again. 
I'll see in the mine. Presume you don't want to see me in my Christmas jumper then. Well, if I'm you, jo- no, I'm joking. But, but, I got but, the Ultimate Warrior one as well. Thank God. But if even you, though he's problematic. If you wore, if you, but if you wore the Ric Flair Christmas jumper, and you know we were, at, you know, at my fucking dad's or we're at your mum's and stuff like that, and you're like, I, I, because it's that whole argument of separating the artist from the art type thing, you know. And all that shit. If if you legitimately, and I'm not saying you do, because I, I know I know your reaction because you've given it. If you wore a Ric Flair jumper and you were just walking around the flat, I wouldn't suddenly go, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because because it doesn't matter. You know, from our side, it doesn't matter. It's what happens going forward. You bought that jumper when he was on the up again, and it was really cheap. And they were selling it off fucking dirt cheap, and it's like here we go. Fucking hell, the amount of stories that have come out about Ultimate Warrior. Oh no! Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you if you're doing that, this is the problem. The problem is, is I I don't feel like anybody's hands are clean in this situation. Nobody's hands are clean. You can fucking go on, you know, John Cena, which we kind of fits in with the next bit, is a huge draw for WWE. John Cena fucked over his wife by cheating on her. Now that's not a criminal act, but it's a dick move. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will be happy with accepting that kind of that kind of guy. But that's really bad. Like I, I fucking hate that sort of shit. You know what I'm like with that sort of stuff. Nobody's hands are clean in this industry, so you can either shit or get off the pot. Either you can be a fan, and whoever comes up, go right because you've got three options. You either no longer be a fan anymore and you go and do something else. But what else do you do? Because every one of these industries is fucking grim. We know a story from somebody who works or used to work at a fucking hotel chain, which will remain nameless, the chain and the person, who know all the fucking city players used to rent it out to shag prostitutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? That is a fact. Because they were there. Yeah. So are you going to stop being a fan of football? You not, know. Not only did they used to shag the prostitutes in their rooms, they hired out the cinema room to watch a film together and the prostitutes would be in the, in cinema, the cinema room, room. getting fucked. So, it's yeah, it was grim. That was grim. These Fine. people, rightly or wrongly, live by different rules. And if you want to fucking completely cancel everything, you're going to have to cancel everything. So the only thing you can do is make an educated decision based on your own morals and your own moral compass about what you're going to plough your money into. If it comes out tomorrow that Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Moxley and all them cunts are doing a similar thing, AEW's done for me. Absolutely done for me. Does it mean that I'm not going to watch New Japan? No. Does it mean I'm not going to watch ROH? No. Does it mean that I'm not going to watch WWE? Yes, because I don't watch WWE. <laughs> right, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Right, so last last news story. I know there's not been many, but I need to do some work. So, uh, Wrestle6 reporting as of Saturday. AEW has distributed an estimated 6,167 tickets for the Dynamite slash Rampage taping at the UBS Arena in Long Island on Wednesday, December the 8th. By comparison, WWE Raw for November the 29th has distributed an estimate of 2,265 tickets for Raw at the same arena. So the Dynamite ticket prices start at $30. The Raw ticket prices start at 25 
dollars. So according to WrestleTix, follow them on Twitter at WrestleTix, four thousand tickets were distributed during Dynamite's pre-sale, while seven hundred were distributed during Raw's pre-sale. Dynamite's public on-sale date was a week before Raw's, which you know you may take into account, you may not. So the wider question here is: WWE has more TV viewers, obviously. Raw doesn't currently have more demo viewers, which is the most important, according to the advertisers. But does this say, and I know it's a very isolated area, they're also doing Arthur Ashe, which is probably going to be up to 19,500 by the time the show uh, starts this Wednesday. Is AEW more of a live act than WWE? So the, the what I kind, of atte- uh, I kind of do a parallel with is it music. Metallica, when their album comes out, it goes to number one and, and all that kind of shit. It's, it's always the way. Senjitsu, Iron Maiden, goes to number one. Writing on the wall in the UK, as to my knowledge, I'm sure if it did, I would have known about it, was not the number one song when that came out. It wasn't number one in the charts. It was a new song, new single off of Senjitsu. But they can sell out arenas. If you're Metallica, you can near enough... Not quite, but near enough sell out stadiums. Mm-hmm. Whereas people like Rihanna and all that kind of stuff, when they came and did Old Trafford Cricket Ground, it was a fucking ghost town. It was Rihanna was dead. Yeah, compared to Foo Fighters, who did it not that long before, and they near enough sold it out, not quite, but near enough sold it out. Rihanna was lucky if she got 6,000 people there. Mm-hmm. So are we seeing a similar thing? Are AW a live act? Rather than a TV act. Yeah. Short answer. 100% they, they are. It's, it's... It's built for... It's built for pro wrestling fans. Of which... I think pro wrestling fans love live wrestling. Like, look at the British wrestling scene before WWE came in and fucking raped and pillaged. Like, it's... It was packed. It was fucking packed, and yeah. I know there was always that kind of like question mark over sold out tickets for progress. Yes, but it was. It was well, there was a lot of people there, yeah. and so ICW was always packed. You know, we're talking like this isn't something that was ever on TV. I know they had their streaming services, but you know that's a different thing. This wasn't national television shit, and we are talking small venues, obviously. But it was a live show that people enjoyed going to. You know, like getting getting a drink and watching some like really high quality wrestling. There's always an audience for that. And the funny thing that I found when going watching, particularly Progress, was because it tended to be really early on a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, it was kind of finished for five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Which was crazy. It was really really early, and you'd have a, a proper mix in there. You'd have your diehard wrestling fans. And you'd also just have sort of like hipstery type uni types who yeah. clearly were fans, but not your, your archetypal fan. People would go and it'd be a social thing because it was like fun entertainment. Yeah. And I, I believe that AEW has that element of it where it's just a fun live because it is it is very focused on the wrestling and less on the pomp. Whereas there is something quite. Um, dead about the wwe shows yeah like that i I remember enjoying people on those shows more than i enjoyed wrestling so when i look back i remember the undertaker coming out and seeing his entrance at raw london 
I remember enjoying CM Punk because I was a, we were both huge fans of Punk. Yep. So I remember Punk and Heyman at Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Which was funny. That was funny, yeah. I remember the after show thing where Punk spoke to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I remember some of the funny, you know, the funny women's match where the, oh, the, the yeah. This Is Awesome chant started funny, uh, with yeah. Alicia Fox. I don't remember the show being fun, though. No. I don't it was rem- the crowd reacting to... And it was the people. I was yeah. there. I felt like I was seeing... I was there for people. Whereas NXT, for example, when it was in its heyday... Yep. I was going to watch the whole show and I was excited to watch I didn't go for a person I had no favourites really like at all it was just we were going for everyone yep. and the show from start to finish was booked so well that it was a it was a wrestling show the whole show was great like when I think back to Blackpool when I think back to NXT you know the London one Liverpool was always Liverpool great. was yep. really fun like I, I don't have many like I don't remember people Whereas I do with WWE, I always remember like watching Finn Balor come out at that Manchester Raw, was it? Or was it a house show? We went, we went to a, to the Manchester house show because Finn Balor versus Neville was the first match out. Yeah, and, and I remember That's that. That's why we went. But I don't yeah. remember the whole show, whereas I remember no. the feeling I got from watching NXT. I remember even the feeling I got from watching ICW and Progress. Yeah, yeah. You know, like ICW in Manchester and in Glasgow. Like the whole show, I don't remember any individual parts really. No. Like the the odd the odd thing, but nothing yeah. that is the only memory. Yeah. Whereas the only memories I have of WWE is particular people. Yeah. And I think AEW is the same. I don't have any clear favourites there at all. It's the entire show from start to finish because it's booked really well. And I think that's what wrestling fans live you know the fans who go and watch it live they're going for the whole show whereas you always felt at wwe they were building up to roman reigns coming out for the kids or cena back in the day yeah and obviously punk when we were there because he was you know the the most popular thing they had and they left him till last yeah it kind of felt like you were at a concert and you're watching a lot of support acts and you were just waiting for the main such a good such a good analogy and then you don't remember any of the support acts at all it's like you you know you're getting the 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 drivel absolute drivel to start with because they've properly top loaded it but that's their style. Their yeah. style is top loading. But that's and, not yeah. a wrestling show, is it? No. As we know, because they don't class themselves as wrestling. But it took us a, a while to get our fucking heads around that. And <laughs> I, but I, but but NXT kept us in that for so yeah, long. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't WWE. It was NXT kept us to the point where we we're like, oh, we might as well watch Raw because someone who we like from NXT has just gone up. Yeah. But it was still shit. Whereas, you go to watch a wrestling show. You don't go to sit on your hands for two hours no. two and a half hours of it just to have the last half hour be why you're be there much, yeah. you're there the because you want it to yeah. be great from the beginning to the very end and that's what AEW is so that's why people want to go and watch it live in my opinion and that's why it's a live show and WWE ain't a fucking live show 100% and that's so so on the money because my side of it is when you're watching these um, AEW shows is you see a crowd that's so engaged with what's going on, they're so knowledgeable with what's going on. The the you know that time when, um, Callus was doing a promo and the the whole crowd started chanting, "You got fired," from Impact. Mm. Like a hundred thousand people watch Impact per week. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. 
you know, you're getting wrestling fans. And I do I do think like people like Punk and and Brian uh, you know, if you're going to ignore what people like Roman Reigns have to say, they do swing the needle and they are people who will put an extra 100,000, 200,000 on it at its base level. So I think, you know, Dynamite's base was like 950,000 to 1.5, 1.05 million. Now it's the base level is 1.05 to 2. So that's what happens with those types of people. But like, when you buy a ticket to an AEW show, at the moment, and it's you know it's all branding, it's all perspective, and it's all what we see coming in. You're gonna enjoy yourself. You're gonna enjoy the show, and I didn't watch a frame of SummerSlam apart from Becky Lynch's entrance because I wanted to see what the crowd did. Mm. And I wasn't impressed with that. And we just had a few days earlier CM Punk's return, which the crowd were unbelievable for. And the thing with this is you, you're looking at it and they're doing things like, you know, a two, a two night, and I keep banging on about this, like a two night WrestleMania where one face won and all this kind of shit. And when you watch Dynamite, what do you see nine times out of ten? You see an opening match that's a massive face win. Mm-hmm. That's what you're seeing because that that gets the crowd cheering and it gets them into it, and that's the thing. Like you might think as a as a wrestling fan who likes WWE as well, you might think, well, I prefer Finn Balor. I because pre- if you if you were really to ask me, do I prefer Finn Balor to anybody on the AEW roster? Probably, because I'm a massive. Finn Balor fan. Mm-hmm. I think he's amazing. And obviously now I'm going back through old New Japan shit and I'm seeing his Prince Devitt stuff and it's fucking amazing. So do I prefer Finn Balor as a person and as a wrestler over everybody who's currently in AEW? Yeah. Because I never really clicked with Daniel Bryan, but I am a mass- I'm a massive fan, but never really clicked with Daniel Bryan. CM Punk has burnt too many bridges for me. <laughs> to really be engaged in it I'm obviously very engaged but there's a difference between being very engaged and like you know Sting surprise comes out and I'm losing my shit big difference but would I ever buy a ticket to go and see Finn Balor no because I know I know that I know the demon's going to get squashed or maybe not squashed but he's going to get beat at elimination uh, elimination chamber Jesus extreme rules I know he's going to get beat because they're telling you he's going to get beat so that's why that's why if you're thinking about it from a pure okay I've got a hundred quid right for me and my partner I've got a hundred quid to spend on tickets this month or this six months because we know what dire straits people are in and what are you going to spend your money on are you going to go and see AEW or WWE, or are you going to go and see something else? So all these things <clears throat> come into effect when you're when you're buying your ticket. So most fans will watch both now because you can, because it's not on the same night. So a lot of fans that watch, I would be very surprised if it wasn't like 60-70% of people. So I would say 70%, I, I, would, I would put money on it being 70%. Of people who watch Dynamite on a Wednesday, Rampage is a different beast. It's a Friday night. People are fucking going out. You, you know you can't you can't 
you just can't. You know, SmackDown gets a good rating, but you know that ten o'clock and the fact that this week they're doing ten till twelve, it, it's going to die deaf. So Wednesday, I'm talking about it. People who are watching it on Wednesday, when it's getting to 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 for certain segments, I'd be very surprised if 70% of those people aren't watching on Monday and aren't watching on Friday for the other brand. That's what I think. But if you watch those shows, and I can't comment because I don't watch them, but there's a reason why I don't watch them, but I hear about them a lot. I hear people tweet us, listen to Observer, and all that shit. So I hear about the shows. They are not fun shows. They're frustrating. They're very like, you know, they're, I think Alvarez described them both really well. <clears throat> it's WWE is a heel company who thrives off heat. AEW is a face company mm-hmm. who wants you to love them and will do anything to, to, to make sure or try and make sure that you're having a good time. And that's the difference between the two. WWE might be thinking a bit more long term. I'm not so sure. Because it's all over the fucking place. They're changing every week. They've hot shotted Reigns onto Raw this week. To try and counteract this Grand Slam thing. Because they're going to get massacred in the demo this week. Massacred. Because you know they hot shotted the fucking WWE title. Last week. They had football that they were going against. Which obviously you know apparently hasn't really made too much of a difference in the last few three or four years but now for some reason it's making a massive difference go fuck yourself but you know the hot shot of the WWE title they don't want to lose to fucking AEW in the demo ever again so that's why Reigns is turning up on Raw there's no other reason right and and it does that make it a better show for people who are going watching Raw maybe if it does awesome but that's why they're doing it the hot shot in so they're going to get massacred this week because Grand Slam is a fucking stacked show. That demo, they're not going to get anywhere near. Do I think they're going to get near? You know, they're over the overall viewers. No, I don't think they are. But at their best, they're only two hundred thousand off. So mm. who the fuck knows? But that's the issue. Is is when you watch a, a raw and it, you know this is me taking myself back to when I was watching it religiously for this show. Raw and Smackdown was always a letdown. I was watching it and I'm like, three hour long show and nothing happened and nothing moved on and anything relatively cool that they set up the week before was completely forgotten about and they just went with something else. You know, to give you one example out of a thousand, where the fuck is shot? And I don't like Shotzi, but where's Shotzi and Knox? You know, they've won. They've won numerous fucking number one contender you know title eliminator matches and they've not had their match yet maybe they have now I don't know but I always felt disappointed because of things like that so coming out of it always we had tons to talk about on the show but it was always super negative can't give you one fucking negative for AW can't give you one negative I can tell you about segments that I didn't think worked I can tell you about segments that I thought should have been better. I can tell you about matches that should have been better. Or technique that should have been better for my amateur eyes. I can tell you all about those things. But as a show, am I ever have I ever been disappointed by an AEW show? No. Even when the bomb didn't go off. It's not their fault. It's not their fucking fault the bomb didn't go off. You know, it, it, they got a shit company and we ended up not paying because it didn't go off. 
that is just the way it goes sometimes and they'll do it again and next time it'll be fine but that's stuff out of their control what's in their control is good booking and all the way leading up to that match it was a great show and then that match was a great match or a good match I'd say not a great match and the bomb didn't go off it's not their fault so therefore they didn't disappoint me was I disappointed? Yes, but it wasn't them that disappointed me. Whereas WWE constantly fucking disappoints you. And they do it on purpose. Because that's why, that's what they think works. So, that's all well and good. And that might keep 2.2 million, 1.6, 1.8 million people for Raw engaged in the TV show every week. But do I want to go and buy a ticket to something where it's going to be in Bianca Belair's hometown and she gets beat down? Or... Do I want to go to a show where the crowd is going to be fucking cheering the boots off but by by something irrelevant that happens in the show? Because that's what it is. Brian Pillman beating you know, one of the acclaimed, beating Max Caster in the acclaimed, is a great moment for the crowd, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really mm. matter. He's going to go to, against MGF and he's going to lose. But the fact that they do stuff like that... <laughs> means they're trying to get the crowd that are there engaged and when you see the crowd engaged you think to yourself I want to buy a ticket to this show because I want to be in that crowd at no time have I ever bought a WWE ticket thinking I've got to be in that crowd apart from uh, Royal Albert Hall yeah true nah mean yeah me yeah yeah <laughs> any more for any more on that one I don't think so. No? Should we wrap this baby up then? Yeah. So coming up this week, you got shitloads of G1 to get all over that. Uh, New Japan Strong, I've still got to catch up on. I'm really looking forward to that now they've got fans back. But here's your lineup for Dynamite. So you got Omega against Brian Danielson. Still going to take a while. Non-title match. Who are we going over there? I think we all know. Uh, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho. Cody Rhodes, Malachi Black. FTR against Darby Allin and Sting. MGF Brian Pillman Jr. and a CM Punk interview which leads to the Friday which is obviously going to get taped on the Wednesday which is CM Punk against Powerhouse Hobbs Young Bucks and Adam Cole against Christian Cage and Jurassic Express Jericho and Hager versus Men of the Year Kingston and Moxley versus Suzuki and Lance Archer in a lights out match bitch Jesus what Jesus it's got to be the main event then for me it has to be the main event if it's a lights out match uh, tag Team Championships is Lucha Brothers oh no, Tag Team Champions Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz against Butcher and the Blade in Private Party and Anna Jay against Penelope Ford and that, ladies and gentlemen is your show this week I think we got more out of that than we thought we were going to we really did, yeah <laughs> maybe that's the way forward I know, because it's not interesting we've said it a load of times it's not interesting to review a show and I know there will be a few stragglers left listening now, but it's not interesting yeah. reviewing the show. We all we all know AW's knocking it out of the park at the moment, so maybe that more talking point stuff. Mm, mm. Is we can way. get them absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Any more for any more, my darling? No, I don't believe so. Well, should we brew a pot of coffee and get Jeez. fucking going? Yeah, better add. I'm fucking knackered. Mm. Mm. Absolutely knackered. Same. Same as is. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. If you're still with us at this moment in time, appreciate you very much. 
Uh, we are at RTM Wrestling on Twitter. Join in on the conversation. Anything you've heard tonight, you want to comment on, let us know. We'll read it out next time. And until next time... Cheerio, motherfuckers. Pip, 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 pip.